Look out. Surging up from the depths of the sea. Horrifying, mysterious creatures whose attack on people sends the whole countryside on an endless search. Unless something is done and done quickly. Is this the end of our civilization? You'll pioneer with us the perilous descent into the unknown. What does that mean? What are you even talking about? A deep, penetrating dive. In the last calm and reflective moment before the monsters came. Humanoids from the deep dive. Welcome to the podcast Humanoids from the Deep Dive, where we dig deep into the meanings and context of your favorite movie monsters and monster movies. Each episode, we'll see Gas and myself give our take on an important movie monster and or film, and what we think it means using everything from history and philosophy to films and folklore. Today's episode, we will be covering one of the most influential movie monsters of all time, the legendary, massive, increasingly massive ape, King Kong. Fans of the show can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere where you can find podcasts. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at HFT Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeff Ewing. I'm an entertainment contributor for Forbes on genre film with bylines on in Nightmare on Film Street and Shudders the Bite. And I've co-edited two books on monster media, Alien and Philosophy and Stranger Things and Philosophy, as well as having written chapters on topics like the devil, Cloverfield, Frankenstein, Jurassic Park. Basically, if it's monsters, I love it. And I probably have written about it at some point. I'm very pleased to introduce some spectacular guests for today's episode. Tom Casper is a friend and co-host of the filmmaking podcast, uh, Twin Shadow Podcast. Kelly Warner is the author of In the Shadow of Extinction and the co-host of the J-Horror podcast, One Missed Pod. And Andrew Fleming Dunn is our guest co-host for this evening. And additionally, he's a co-host for the film podcast, The Rotating Chair. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for joining today's episode. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Yeah. Always, my friend. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to this. There is so much to talk about. Yeah, I'm always excited to, to do your show because I always get to meet awesome people, so I'm looking forward to it. That is honestly one of the main reasons I started. I'm like, right? okay, how do I get <laughs> to talk just random monster stuff with cool people? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to force you to sit down and talk about King Kong for two hours. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, I like you. We're talking monsters. You can't do anything about it. I mean, you can log off, but. <laughs> That's way too rude. This is 2021. You can't just leave someone's podcast. There's nowhere else to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Touche. Shut down. It would feel very personal. Like, I'm too busy doing what? Microwave and corn dogs. Hell yeah. They don't microwave themselves. Like looking at the lawn that no one's mowing. <laughs> it's winter. Uh, do people have lawns in winter? I, I live in a they, desert, they, so I don't know. They do. they do, but you don't have to do anything. Like it all just kind of gets stunted. Oh, you know? so it's just like yeah. uh, perpetually trampled down by like the dreams of actors that don't make it. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. That's a, oh, that's a LA grass. Oh, <laughs> that's why LA doesn't have any. It makes it a nice permaflat. That's what happens. <laughs> like if King Kong has stepped on it. There's your segue, Jeff. <laughs> Speaking of actors in bad situations, we're going to get to that because this is King Kong. Um, so to summarize the film, uh, the film sees 
fictional filmmaker Carl Denham charter the ship The Venture for his new project, and in the process meeting hopeful actress Anne Darrow. He promises her the adventure of a lifetime, and Denham gradually reveals that the ship's destination is, uh, unannounced to the rest of the crew, Skull Island, an uncharted territory with rumors that a monstrous creature named Kong lives there. They arrive to find a native village with tribespeople worshipping a massive ape-like being named Kong who emerges from behind this massive cinematic gate, eventually becoming obsessed with the young actress Anne. And, things being what they are, we'll get to the rest of the plot, but they escalate from there. It's interesting because King Kong is an American pre-code monster film. It's directed and produced by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodzak, starring Faye Ray, Bruce Cabot, and Robert Armstrong. The character Kong is interesting it's it's been in uh 11 films so far most recently kong skull island obviously he's going to be in the forthcoming godzilla versus kong film and then other notable appearances include uh there's some tv shows i think three tv shows that kong the character has been in but beyond the 33 kong we might get to some of these other notable film appearances include 1962's king kong versus godzilla the 1976 Dino De Laurentiis produced King Kong film, and then Peter Jackson's 2005 remake, uh, among others. So I, I kind of wanted to start out by by reviewing and touching base on the first film that was the origins of the character before we sort of move on and do what we do. Uh, and so I, I wanted to start out by asking my guest today first what their sort of de facto review is of the original film and and sort of how many stars they would give it out of five uh maybe start with with kelly oh um so i actually just uh, revisited the original film uh in prep for this and um i think it stands up really well i mean it's a classic you know uh i would give it four and a half out of five just fuck it oh am i allowed to swear i don't know anyway swear. Um, it's all good too late. You swore. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, and I edit this, so it's fine. Okay. But. Well, it's no, it's it's a classic film, and I I enjoy it. It's it has an adventurism to it, but you know, it's got an ugliness to it too. Um, it's and sometimes it's not. I'm not always aware if it's aware of its own ugliness or if that's part of it or or or, or not the intent. But um, no, I I think it's an interesting film and one to that um, I'm happy to be able to talk about here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll have a, a chance in the deep dive portion, too, to get into all those issues and the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of, of the things that we love and the things that we're critical of. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Um, what about you, Tom? All right. So, I mean, like Kelly had already mentioned, I mean, King Kong is about as classic as it gets. This film is not only technically revolutionary, mm-hmm. I also really love the simplicity of the story. And that those more negative aspects of the storytelling can come to light. Because we always, that's how I feel sci fi has always been used, is to kind of push forward ideas and to substitute real life things for monsters. Like in the, when we did our previous episode of Creature from the Black Lagoon, we talked a lot about colonialism and things like that. Kong has a lot of that going on as well. And you can see a lot of that through Kong, the character himself. Also, it's just a really interesting romance. I don't know. 
why you keep bringing me on for the monster romance movies, but <laughs> you know, I god damn, dude, I love me these damn monsters. That's what I'll say. Uh, so <laughs> King Kong, <laughs> I gotta say, five out of five for me. Like personally, the film hold. It's so surprising how well the film holds up. Like almost a hundred years later, I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Uh, and you, Kong just has so much emotion in his face, and all the characters are. They're there for the ro- the the ride, which is awesome, and yeah, I just I love Kong. Mm-hmm. Godzilla's yeah. better. That's all I'll say. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can establish that for sure at the end of tomorrow's episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that, uh, Andrew. What are your thoughts? Oh, I, I I'm very much with Tom on this. It's a five out of five for me. I've loved it most of my life because it was one of the first creature features I ever saw because, you know, it's safe enough to show a child. And uh, I, I too, hadn't seen it in a long time. And uh, I rewatched it uh, yesterday and prepped for this. And it has not aged well in some uh, societal respects, but the special effects, it's such an amazing showcase of where we kind of began and where we are now and how much of it still holds up. And it's a perfect reminder to me that while CG can give us everything, it can't give us the craftsmanship and like just something that somebody having their hands on it, you mm-hmm. know, and making it just seems to project. And it's such a brilliant showcase in, in, for effects because it's effects for mm-hmm. the time, I think, were probably better than things that were hitting even 30 years later until maybe 2001 kind of broke everything. Um no, I love this movie. It's got some troubling aspects to it, which I'm sure we're going to get into. And uh, mm-hmm. I walked away just still kind of surprised it isn't based off like a novel. There's always been something about this film that read to me like it was based off some, you know, grander source material. I actually want to resonate on that really fast because, yeah, that's so true. The world feels very developed. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know if you if you really get that for the early sci-fi films of the era. No, um, it, this I that, this that's one of the things that stands out a lot to me. I, maybe it's just because of how much of it is in society, like through osmosis. I mean, you just know the term Skull Island, King Kong. You know, you know the yeah. gates. You know that image of him standing there with the planes. Like it's mm-hmm. as much of our and like modern myth. Ray in his hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, that's as much as of a modern myth as I can think of for us as a at least as Americans. I don't know. It's true. Well, it's also so much of the movie is dedicated to skull island and not mm-hmm. you know we all of our memories almost entirely even people who've never seen the movie they know he climbs the empire state building but that's mm-hmm. the last 10 15 minutes of the movie yeah you yeah, know it's exactly. been and it's so much cooler to watch him like gradually approach this massive gate and you think that gate is huge what's yes. keeping out oh my god he is way bigger than <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like uh, it's like, really? Is that gate really doing anything? <laughs> That's something I asked myself. I think in all of the Kong movies, there is a gate, and every single time, it's like, who is, is that? What is that for again? <laughs> like, well, what's interesting is, is I think, um, and and we'll probably get to this a little bit, but they, it's not as clear in the thirty-three one, but they don't seem to have a real predator-prey relationship with him. No. Oh, they definitely seem to not. have like a like a, a an active interaction and a reverence for Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's way more so, of a deity. I mean, they're literally right. they, they refer to uh, Anne as the bride of Kong, right? Like, right, right. They're not sacrificing her. It's like 
They like yeah. giving it to her. Right, yeah. right. And so they don't they don't treat Kong as a predator. Maybe the gates to to push out other things because there are all sorts of other. I will say Kong Island is full of dinosaurs, which is kind of <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's very uh what is that uh sir arthur conan doyle's the lost world mm-hmm. yeah very much like hey let's do the lost world but throw in the biggest ape we can well you <laughs> want to know a uh, a fun fact yes mm-hmm. uh the lost world literally did inspire the plot of king kong oh would have to it would have to yeah yeah it literally did they they basically adapted the plot in uh like took all the beats and like applied the like here. God, they really we'll, did. That's like duct tape. They really, really giant did. Ape around the plot, and then um, uh, they wrote a sort of novelization in thirty two in preparation for the movie. I, I, I'm not hundred percent sure on the oh. story, but oh, awesome. And um, well, we can get a little bit more into like the the earlier adaptations of the Lost World, but another thing that's interesting is the lost world also influenced creature from Obaka goon, which mm-hmm. basically recycled King Kong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, I'm essentially doing like the same episode twice. <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like if I, uh, yeah, exactly. If, if it'd be like, if for, for the Godzilla episode we're about to do, if I took the exact same preparatory notes that I did for Kong and just deleted <laughs> Kong and wrote, Godzilla. <laughs> wow. it's, it's that level of copying. But I mean, it's uh, that, that should tell you about the power of Kong as like a simple story. I mean, because its simplicity is its, its greatness. Because then we can, I, I think, deep lore is for the people who really want it. And, you know, the people who want the encyclopedia of like, you know, they want the Selmarillion, you know. Um, right. But then something like this is, it's so easy because it, it keeps itself so open for you to apply your own imaginings on there. And, and that's one of the things I love about each subsequent visit to skull Island is the new creatures we get, the new threats we get. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just so wonderfully easy. <laughs> I don't know. Cause your imagination yeah. just goes wild. Cause I haven't stopped thinking about what my skull Island would be. Well, yeah. Like I, I love, uh, I love the boldness of the, the monster verse saying you know what not only are there these massive creatures fighting all the time but also uh hollow earth theory is real yeah and, yeah and that's <laughs> took me just the fact now <laughs> and it's full of monsters and then also there was an early human species that's atlantis and they worshipped and had relationships with the monsters and we don't know about any of that and anyway all those theories are true that's golden <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome <laughs> it's awesome right it's, it's, it's exactly what it should be because they're embracing because all of this is inherently goofy you know yeah, what i mean yeah and and you have to take it just because something is inherently goofy doesn't mean you can't take it seriously. Because if you if you look at Star Wars on its face at face value, it is the most ridiculous story. But you can do more. You know that's the point of like uh, filmmaking and, and and you know artists collaborating is they can make something so much more. And, and I I love that they're just embracing the wholehearted yeah. ridiculousness of this all. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like like it's it's a whole like. Uh, well-funded franchise that's doubling down on Hollow Earth theory. That alone would give me five stars. <laughs> like it's better than we deserve. Well, maybe not us because we're on the best podcast right. than y'all's own podcast. Like it's just the four of us. Everybody else can stop doing them. That's true. This is well, all you need. That's fair. 
They just, have to, <laughs> they just have to increase our pay rates, you know. <laughs> Working on it. Wait, we get paid? <laughs> <laughs> when did no, this happen? No, no. <laughs> oh, I, I get paid, but that's only because I demand like revenue from the people that appear on my show. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. We, we paid Jeff to be here. <laughs> I've gone broke. I've done so many episodes. Like King Kong style tribute system. <laughs> More than an income formally. No, okay. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna review uh, King Kong. I, I the, oh yeah, Jeff, you need to do yours. I do, I do. Uh, it's just so big and so amazing, and we can't even like withhold our joy in talking about it more. And I get that. Uh, mm-hmm. The so the the 1933 Kong, I I'd, I'd give it probably four and a half. There are some, uh, obviously, some parts of the plot that haven't aged as well. Uh, There's entire subplots, like, you don't need that romance with the misogynist. Why? It's like, but you hate women. Uh, uh, Really? But that that gets the setup for one of the greatest jokes of all time from The Simpsons. Have you guys seen the the King Kong Simpsons Trios of Horror? Oh. King Homer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like women and semen don't mix. <laughs> right when they, oh, it's, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> they copy that line straight from the movie where he's like, "What you don't like girls?" They're like, "Women and semen don't mix" because it's Smithers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, so it's beautiful. Uh-huh. Well, okay, so like, uh, you know, there there are some aspects of it that get you know half a star off from me just because I wish they just weren't in the film. I get it's nineteen thirty three. Mm-hmm. You gotta mm-hmm. have a romance subplot, uh, but the rest of it though. Every time I watch it, I am awed by the special effects that they literally made a half dozen fucking techniques Mm -hmm. to animate this gorilla and to have like rear projection and to have like live action mixed with stop motion animatronics in 1933. Like it looks good. It's still some of the best rear projection. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday. It would still look good today, and they it had to go through so much pain to get it to the level of quality. It's just, it still holds up. I am in awe of it every time I watch it because the ingenuity is so impressive yeah. that I can I can still keep coming back to it. Uh, Kong uh, hasn't influenced me as much as Godzilla, but every time I watch it, I'm just like, damn, they were magicians, and you don't get that much. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly there's it's there's not a lot of movies where i i can i really just sit back that's why i love horror films so much is where you can just sit back and really just marvel at the at the the technique of 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 mm-hmm. just Craft like how display, yeah. like how the hell are we gonna make this giant like ape interact with a human being like a human-sized person and they're and it's just like they just pull all these crazy strings and they hide all, like, all these cool angles and what is Kong? What isn't just, you know, a rubber hand reaching in and grabbing her. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's blended so expertly. And it's just like when you, that's why to me, when I watched even some of the newer King Kong films, some of that falls off a bit because it doesn't, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, man, Kong's kind of rough. Yep with human beings in his hand in the in later movies because, <laughs> because <laughs> yep. because Kong's not really there and neither are the actors. So they That's... can kind of just do whatever the hell they want, but 
when she's when the actress is actually in his hand and it's like a fake hand and they're just like shaking her on set like that's got to be terrifying and awesome yeah <laughs> it's I, yeah. watching the uh, i watched yeah 33 and uh skull island back to back yesterday and uh <laughs> it, it, i sat up multiple times in the original kong and went they pulled that off considering camera mm. rigs back then like there is a rear projection shot i think it's the fight with kong and the dinosaur mm-hmm. and our actors are approaching they've rear projected it onto the back it's beautifully layered with trees and ferns and leaves and the camera's like dollying in behind them and it's absolutely just thinking about how big cameras are thinking about how just how having to focus that and it looks fantastic because they understood the one important thing about rear screen projection is you need to layer it you know so background your mm-hmm. your mid ground your foreground it all needs to be layered so it blends in and it's it's beautiful to look at. And then in comparison, because as you said, you're thinking about all those grips shaking that arm around or Fay Ray trusting pistons or whatever kind of systems they had set up for the hand in 1933, pulling her out. And then you compare it to actors on a green screen and, and not to mm-hmm. underscore at all the beautiful artistry that people, because there was some stuff in Skull Island that I was like, that is the greatest shot I've ever seen in my life. Um but it's it, it's it's two different crafts, and it, it's mm-hmm. and it, it's amazing to me how much personality still comes out through the special effect. Like even the simple dinosaurs, you know, they have personality. Kong himself is a full blown character. I never think of him as a special effect. Well, yeah, because like he actually has uh, strong facial expressions mm-hmm. that appear to exhibit emotion, which for you know basically elaborate puppetry is. Is, he, is amazing and he's playful like when he kills mm-hmm. the t-rex and he's like making it talk yep and it's like, yep. like poking it yeah it's like dude that, i mean maybe that's kind of that maybe it's kind of dark but i mean i'm just like that's awesome <laughs> like just, puppet, making a puppet out of a puppet yeah <laughs> puppetception, <laughs> puppetception. <laughs> they beat the dark crystal age of resistance by like a hundred years almost <laughs> absolutely no. and then it kind of you know has a, a callback in Monsterverse to when uh uh the end of the 2014 godzilla film where godzilla takes that final muto and like basically he's like shut up and breathes fire down his throat until mm-hmm. he stops talking <laughs> And then, you know, it's kind of holding in the same manner, you know, it's all yeah. full circle. Yeah. Well, it's, but it's like, it's, those are the little details, you know, cause Kong's still an ape. It isn't a man. And, mm-hmm. and they always, they always allow him to be slightly alien to us. Cause we don't, you know, obviously he's a bit more intelligent. He's huge. Uh, so there's something else going on there, but they always allow the mystery with Kong. And that's one of my favorite things about Kong is we start to understand his motivations. I actually thought it was best done. Uh, Peter Jackson's um, King Kong. Just, I love how much we understand his motivations. Yeah. And then he, it's beautiful. And, and like, um, and uh, there's a lot to be said about that, which we can talk later. Um, but like Kong, even in 33, it, it's there, his, his playfulness, the, the thing with Fay Ray. Um, and then allowing Fay Ray to even like all of them, the, the Kong is a tragedy, right? Like always. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the tragedy works. Your giant claymation puppet monkey like broke your heart at the end of the movie. And that's skill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um uh I, I think 
yeah, the emotiveness that they were able to get is is better than even many films now that rely on puppetry to some extent, and certainly better than most films with CGI. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's extremely impressive even by a modern standard. Because I think of the hours spent making Kong move. Like if, if some of us have, I'm sure a lot of us here may maybe have toiled with like doing like little claymation or even like mm-hmm. a flip book. Yep. It is time consuming. It work. is, yeah. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is. And to look at all those moving parts and, and to once again think about because we're, we're we're talking about a movie that's uh, what like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's literally 90 years old. Think about camera technology back then, the lighting technology. I mean, I'm, I'm just materials materials used even on the puppets were so, are, were so different, even from what they used maybe even five, ten years later. You know, because they're partially responsible. I mean, I know they're not the first, but they, I mean, they really made. It's kind of like the way that Rick Baker, an American uh, werewolf in London, really made special effects like a legitimate thing, like makeup effects. I think Kong mm. really made stop motion like an Absolutely. art form. And in a roundabout way, it was very influential in uh, Harryhausen's career, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about in, in a couple minutes, but uh, in kind of in a way you wouldn't expect. And you could definitely see that tradition carry over. Uh, fun fact. Uh, so Gone with the Wind, famously in, in the big, uh, you know, city on fire scene. Mm-hmm. They actually were burning real old movie sets for realism, and they had to clear out some sets to make new sets for future films. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you can mm-hmm. see where this is going. And oh, one no. of the sets famously is one of the sets, the famous locations for King Kong that was burnt in that scene. Uh, I think it's the one with the big gates, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah and you right. can see its outline if you're looking. Oh, that breaks Damn. my heart. I know. Me too. I know. Cause, you know, I, I know Gone That's with history. the Wind is, uh, is, is obviously has less of a shine now because mm-hmm. it was romantic about the worst period in American history. But, uh, you know, still a classic in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I would have rather burnt the entire thing down <laughs> and have never had that movie to yep. the Kong set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Oh, no. I, I, don't, I hate hearing that stuff because that's, I mean, that's <laughs> Hollywood history. I just genuinely hate hearing that stuff. It's <laughs> like that's you think about, it, especially with how opulent those sets were back then. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you look at like Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor or the Ten Commandments. Like the sets were 50, 60, 70 feet tall. You were getting this like amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the like, thing. like if it if it were uh, around still, I would have totally citizen caned my way to the top of yes. some industry only to have the level of opulence needed to be like, I want that set in my living room. Yes, <laughs> right. I want preserved, Kong's gates preserved for time immemorial. <laughs> yeah, because it's there's there's always something to be said. I think about and uh, I I wonder if you all agree with the same. It's just the tactile nature of older filmmaking is extremely. I I just because I. I we all grew up in a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's there's something about knowing that I could reach out and touch those sets. Yes, or, exactly that. Yeah, you know, marveling at hands built that for this or simple you could stupid manipulate reason. Manipulate that puppet, or you could, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. There's there is volume to it, just like there's volume to yes. film versus digital, right? There, yes. it's it, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, I know the screen is flat. I mean. I, I, 
I ain't that crazy, you guys. I can see that it's 2D screen. <laughs> okay? But, like, you feel there's a depth. There's, like, just yes. when, when it's, there's mm-hmm. something that was actually there. Right. Like, yes. you know there. Yeah, exactly. You know what's there. You know the actors are responding to real things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, and, I, and that's that, different. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe it's kind of crazy thing to say nowadays because everything is done digitally, essentially, for the most part. But yeah, I, I I just love it. I don't know if it's just because I'm old, but man, I, I like seeing I like seeing real stuff. I think uh, it's, it's both because like I, you think it's because I'm old, Andrew. You <laughs> we're all old. We're all old, dude. Uh, no, I think it's uh, so. Fun fact, audience at home: uh, Tom <laughs> is actually 200 years old, yep. but he moisturizes. Yeah, here you get moisturizer. <laughs> And I played Andrew, the original Kong. Still have to <laughs> I'm actually, exactly. I'm actually only 16. It's I. It's really depressing how much I've not taken care of myself. Yes. Yeah, he smokes, so, so the voice is older. Yeah, <laughs> so is the face. <laughs> I'm and, gonna be uh, Wilford Brimley in about four years. It's not good. Absolutely, and 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 Kelly, not to speak for you, but Kelly is an intergalactic warlord. Oh, oh, nice. Oh. And I don't think <laughs> I was uh, guessing interdimensional myself. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, higher so, powers and all that. You learn but something. How they, every day. My understanding of of Kelly's intergalactic warlordness is that <laughs> what her age would be doesn't translate to human years in the same way. So. I like this now. Yes, this is very good. I, I like this backstory. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just a very elaborate AI computer virus. Oh. That is fact. That is fact. <laughs> Jeff has invaded my computer. There's just pictures of Jeff. He's replaced every program with a picture of Jeff. Yeah, you're, you're like like watching like I'm gonna queue up this new film on HBO Max. Like, why is Jeff every character? And I just wave. Well, that's intriguing. It's Jeff. Yeah. It's Jeff. I don't know, it gets me. it gets pretty disturbing considering late night viewing habits. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, you know what? Someday Jeff will be all. And all will be Jeff. The Jeff Collective. Is that what you call it? The Jeff Collective. All will be Jeffness. And that's why Ketley is here to stop this. Yes. Spreading throughout the rest of the galaxy. Exactly. Prepare to be destroyed, Jeff. Heck the planet. Oh, man. We gotta get Matthew Lillard, Lillard on to do <laughs> hackers episode. We're making a full flawless mythos right now, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and quite frankly, this is good because I I'm hoping they make like a sequel after Godzilla versus Kong is the best picture of the year. Mm. Oh yes, and it'll be Godzilla versus Kong versus the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm imagining like kind of like an Akira you. Just made oh, of like Jeff's oh, and like yeah. film reels, maybe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> or have have any of you ever read the Clyde Barker in the uh, short story in the hills, the cities? No, I haven't. It's it's about this kind of ritual fight that goes down between townships and this couple's on their honeymoon, and they witness. And the way that they battle is both towns come together, and every person climbs on each other's shoulders, and they form two like giants. Vulture. <laughs> they just they just fight each other. Yeah. So it's kind of like Wait, but it's just people? made up of like of people. Yeah. Body <laughs> horror Vulture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe that's how the Jeffness well, can fight. Yeah. yeah. I mean logistically that sounds incredibly difficult. Uh <laughs> <laughs> how strong so, is the bottom guy like that guy is like <laughs> the whole 
here's the thing. I don't know how it works for other uh, name groupings, but all Jeffs are metaphysically identical. We're all one of the Jeffs. Oh, so, so you can just like morph into each other. We just yeah. know what needs to happen exactly. Like, if I wanted to conjure Jeff Goldblum, our president, I could. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> You, you just his face just appears in your in the palm of your hand, and then he starts speaking to you, as need be. Yes, yes, because yeah. all of the Jeffs are one. It's like the thing. All the things are the one thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, oh, speaking of the thing, uh, King Kong. <laughs> I did. I did have a question for everyone because I, th- I I was watching uh, Peter Jackson's last night, two thousand five, mm-hmm. and uh, th- he never comes back with a movie, right? He always is just like, wait, nope, we lost the film. I'm taking right, Kong yeah. instead. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. he never actually makes his movie, which mm-hmm. is funny because if he just waited a few years, he could make the same movie with CGI. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. <laughs> no one ever said he was a good director. No, yeah, no, no. Because I'm trying to think of like, you look at what he's pieced together in every version of this. The movie they're making is absolute shit. It is, yeah. No, yeah, but it's... but it has real dinosaurs. <laughs> but it has yeah, real dinosaurs. <laughs> I imagine it's kind of like a war situation. Have any of you seen that? Where like uh, was that Tippy? Oh yeah, yeah. That was versus terrifying. the tigers or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Or not was that living tippy? with lions and shit. Yeah. 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 It's, it's... <laughs> that's actually that's a movie right there. Roar, yeah, that was war v Kong. <laughs> <laughs> No, because like the movie's just some oh. melodramatic, you know, just trite stuff. And I'm like, I've always mm-hmm. wondered how they were trying to fit in like the dinosaurs and the giant apes. Like, what was his plan? Like, because <laughs> they had these great insert shots of these tribes who were trying to kill them, dinosaurs. And it's like, what are you going to do for the close up when you go back home? Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. liked how Carl Denham seemed like the first film, the original, seemed to present him as some sort of genius director. And really, he was modeled after Marion C. Cooper, and they even looked a lot alike. And then the Jack Black one was kind of a fool and uh, got the impression that he was a loser filmmaker and that, yeah, this was doomed from the start. And I just thought that that's, you know, in, in uh, the remake, which is overwhelmingly um, just uh, in love with the original and tries to do so much of this stuff over again. Yes. That's perhaps one of the biggest changes where they basically said, you know, Denim sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I was, I'd almost say he's psychotic. Yeah, no. Yes. Like, yeah. he's completely amoral. Yes. Like, Denim in the original is like, I think he kind of has a reputation for being an eccentric director. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're I, like, oh, you went out and you filmed with those real lions and blah, blah, blah. Right, it's like, right. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm taking my crew to an actual uncharted island. Really? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's your choice. But I mean, there are people like that. When you look at somebody like Werner Herzog, who will yeah. go out and, yeah, and ask exactly. actors to do things. So it's like that's mm-hmm. not so out of the way. I just like that he was hoping for these things, but I don't think he ever actually believed in them. And then, boom, there mm-hmm. they are. And it's like holy mm-hmm. shit. Because as a filmmaker, you got to be like, all right, roll the camera, roll the camera. As a human being, you're probably, you know utterly frightened and mm-hmm. in awe and it's, as a, I, yeah as a filmmaker i'm like we're stopping at the stegosaurus <laughs> we can go we can go enough, back now yeah, yeah. Like, do you guys realize that we just took a video you guys heard about jurassic park hey we think got that shit for real let's yeah. go <laughs> so you're like um uh mr mr kong please sir um i'm sorry to bother you but uh can you please lift and <laughs> i don't have the exposure i needed yeah but it, but I mean, I, 
I, I, it's a fun detail that I get because I didn't really pay attention to it ever. Because, you know, there's, I think every time you, you go back to revisit a film, like you, I, I always take away something new or I start hyper focusing on something. And it, the denim thing stuck out to me as just like, yeah, it, a failure, dude. It kind mm-hmm. of really sticks out in left wing where it's like, wait, your backup story is to bring him back on a boat? Yeah, <laughs> like, are you nuts? That's an entirely different movie, friend. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's not filmmaking at all. What are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> it'd be Would like you... if uh, it'd be like if uh, what it'd be, it'd be like if if Kubrick were like, okay, well, all right, so we're gonna put Jack Nicholson in this hotel and I'll kill him, <laughs> and then we're gonna shoot his ghost. If it doesn't work, we're gonna kill him. And act, and then um, Shelley Duvall is just going to be, um, I don't know, she's going to be Barry Lyndon. I don't know what's all I got. <laughs> she's going to be Barry Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a totally different film. <laughs> hey, I would watch the Shelley Duvall and Barry Lyndon movie, by the I'm way. Barry just saying. Yes. I would like it much more, honestly. Mm. Ooh. Shots fired at Barry Lyndon. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, I, I love Barry. I love it's Barry Lyndon. I so love Barry I. Lyndon. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I think the Shelley Duvall version would definitely be like more engaging for me personally. Oh I yeah, like I think she's great. <laughs> she could play every character, like in the Jefferverse. <laughs> <laughs> when we get together to start funding things, you know it. <laughs> so kind of because there's so much, there's so many adaptations and different things we could talk about. We could talk about the '62 GVK. Uh, we could talk about the remake more. I want to. I want to go into a little bit of the initial film context, and then we mm-hmm. can just blank check to talk about whatever we want. Absolutely. Uh, so, as I mentioned before, the 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 thirty three Kong was first sort of released to the world in this promotional novel published in thirty two, which was written by uh, Edgar Wallace and Marion C. Cooper, and uh, the film's premiere was March nineteen thirty three. It was, as I mentioned, largely inspired by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World from 1912, and uh, also the, the existing film adaptations of The Lost World. So Harry Hoyt's 1925 edition, uh, and then it was almost immediately followed by Son of Kong in December of 33, which was less successful, mm. which is why no one really cares about it. <laughs> I often forget it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like son of Godzilla. It's like, Oh, I, uh, at least son of Godzilla is good. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you motherfucker. That's my style. I don't hate it. It's just like, it's not what I think of when I think of Godzilla, but okay, it's fair. vastly superior to son of Kong. I'm just, you're just slaying cinema tonight. Barry Lyndon. Godzilla. Don't get me You're started on Dunkirk. <laughs> I, I love that we're comparing Barry Lyndon and Son of Godzilla in the same sentence. <laughs> well, one is clearly a good film, Son of Kong, and one is clearly not. Barry Lyndon. <laughs> God, that's just a movie about pe- a bunch of people dressing up for fancy parties. You know? <laughs> I just feel so bad because Kubrick couldn't afford lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could argue that Godzilla films and Kong, a lot of Kong films are just people dressing up for fancy parties. Okay, actually, yeah. Right. yeah. No, shame on you, sir. No, that is not true. 
<laughs> well, but, but to be fair, those parties specifically involve smashing miniature cities. So that's yeah. the party I want to go to. Right. Me too. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've often wondered like how hard it would be to just make one of those little pl- cities and just to just hang out and destroy it at my own leisure. I want to do it now. I want to. I actually thought the other day rewatching Kong uh, that I want to make a little miniature city and just film my dogs going to town in it. When yeah. COVID <laughs> when COVID is over, quotation marks, we should just make a little a kaiju party where everyone <laughs> comes and hangs out and we build cardboard boxes and then destroy them. Uh, full endorse that has my full endorsement <laughs> and they'll be filled with candy the cities will be filled with like gummy oh, bears like and stuff houses, yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. little like gummy bears yeah some of those crack, mm. crack berries you were talking about <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> God, from kong. the crack berries from godzilla vs kong <laughs> i hope that comes back i really do uh okay so so uh oh, yeah Def, go ahead <laughs> we're all good uh King Kong was periodically re-released into theaters through the 40s and the 50s. And in the 40s, uh, here's where Harryhausen comes in. Cooper wrote and produced Mighty Joe Young, uh, 1949. And it's basically a um, a, a discount Kong. It's a gentler of. Kong. It's, it's <laughs> a gentler, <laughs> smaller Kong. But it's notable because the first creature feature uh, feature film that Harryhausen did was he was first technician on Mighty Joe Young. Oh, awesome. Uh, what yeah. a and everybody yeah. knows who Harryhausen is, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, Ray Harryhausen. The, yeah. Uh, just just making sure the animator of all time. The audience at home should know just in case. There's even a, a Harryhausen commentary on the King Kong Blu-ray. That's where he kind of gates out throughout the whole thing. Oh. Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up. Do you think the other King Kongs weren't as good just because it was too hard to make? Are King Kong movies just like too, like back then, were they just like too hard to make would, to be good? I would say with the, the amount of skill with the first mm-hmm. one, yeah. If you're pumping out like a cheapo sequel within a year. Well, then also like the the level of technical prowess and also mm-hmm. the level of design it took at that time, and the the cameras were you know less uh, less adaptable. They were less <laughs> mobile. Uh, all these different factors made them very fairly expensive to make as well. And that also kind of figures in a little bit to uh, Godzilla stuff, where um, AG uh, yeah, AGC Baraya was. Uh, huge fan of kong he was a special effects director of godzilla and he wanted to make a stop motion monster movie i think he wanted to make a giant octopus movie and basically he decided that this technology is beyond me it's going to take too long going to cost too much let's do let's do suitmation create monsters in suits and that's how uh we got godzilla instead mm. that's awesome it's amazing because i mean it, it felt like half the movies i watched as a child had like claymation in it I don't know. I don't know what like the correct term, but like you know, the kind of like animated puppetry and and the stop motion animation and and uh, I kind of miss it. Like I like when it it shows up every now and then in like a meme or somebody works on it. It's just because you think about the mm-hmm. amount of skill. Um, like I, I look at a movie like Coraline, and it's like the animation is beautiful, but nowadays you know we can do things to help smooth things out or take out like rod strings you know it's you think about what they had to do back then and everything they had to hide and yeah it's tough like it's, it's i'm glad it's gotten easier because it's <laughs> it makes it way less intimidating mm-hmm. like i've always heard that the original kong that there are effects in that movie that people don't really know how they were done like they just don't know how to recreate how they were actually done 
because it wasn't like really well documented, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, how some of the uh, all the effects and everything were done. Uh, it's at least I don't know if that's just it's just always like a myth I've heard that, that there's just like stuff in there that people still don't really understand. It's so advanced, like some of the shots on Skull Island, I was genuinely impressed by because it's it's. I think it outdoes some stuff up until I think. It's one of the watermarks, most certainly, for special effects, and I think, like, I, I'm probably missing one, but the next big one, I think, is, like, 2001 Space Odyssey, and then you, you jump to, like, Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Kong is, mm-hmm. like, it's really one of those things. It's fan. Some of those shots, just to think about, like, just com- the compositing needed, it, it just because they didn't have motion tracking cameras. Um, <laughs> right. They, <laughs> like, everything that even... You know, we started getting in the 80s, which was like big, like because motion tracking cameras helps with animation completely. You can replicate uh, for people who don't know. It's when you you can computer control uh, a camera like rig to uh, recreate exact movements so you can perfectly sync animations. And mm. It helps with compositing and they didn't have that type of stuff. So it's the, what they were doing was they were shooting lightning into a bottle in pitch black like (laughs) they were doing Mm -hmm. stuff that no one even attempted for another like 10 15 years yeah and then even to that extent like i don't think it it was ever really done to that degree no because other techniques just took over uh and became more popularized right like godzilla Mm -hmm. with you know rubber suits and and miniatures and things like that like yeah, you don't really see gigantic stop motion creatures. I mean, Harryhausen had a fairly good run. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but it's like it, you didn't have like the artists. I'd say that you did with like Harryhausen. A lot of people switched over. I, I would believe to like makeup effects and probably larger scale puppetry in the mm-hmm. suits. And, and yeah, just this this sad forgotten art. Because I remember uh, hearing the Jurassic Park. They were actually going to incorporate. Uh, I think it was like Phil Tippett was. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm they were going to incorporate it was like called like dino motion or it was some sort of like crazy mixture of cg with um uh stop motion like it Mm -hmm, it looked mm -hmm. really good and it's the fact that because you really i think jurassic park with like the trifecta of of the abyss terminator 2 and jurassic park just destroyed um that kind of old school puppetry Mm mm-hmm those bastards <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah like jurassic park was the 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 most recent one that i remember utilizing those techniques on a large scale and it was really well known that they were mm-hmm. um i don't know because i remember it was very widely advertised like when i was growing up that you know you you could actually like find footage just looking into these giant massive animatronic dino puppets Yes. And it's the last time I really remember that being widely advertised for such like a large scale spectacle type of film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, as a kid who grew up on like Fangoria, that's a sad, that's a sad thing to me. I love practical effects. Yeah. I get giddy when I see good practical effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so for the audience at home, the um, King Kong, uh, we're, you know, we're talking about these special effects. It was really innovative in developing stop motion animation, using matte painting, rear projection and miniatures, all of which um, it really made a lot of technical advances in order to be made in its era. 
uh, the, the prehistoric creatures on Scala Island were uh, uh, largely done by stop motion animation by Willis O'Brien and his, and his assistant animator, Buzz Gibson. The most difficult thing for the special effects crew to do was to make it look like live actors were interacting in real time with these stop motion, you know, basically puppets or, or animated creatures and so the most simple of the effects that they used they used a whole bunch of different techniques that they sort of either created themselves or advanced to make the film work the most simple one was uh accomplished by exposing part of the frame and then rerunning the same piece of film through the camera by exposing the other part of the frame with a different image so they'd run the film (laughs) twice with different images on different parts of the frame. And that was the easiest Think thing they about did. That. <laughs> like, oh my God. And, and, and the best thing about this is that, you know, I, I think you could argue today's special effects are usually in service to spectacle. Mm. And same could be said of, of Kong, yes, but they also served in giving us characters that couldn't exist otherwise. And I mean characters. Like, Kong emerges... It is one of the things like even now with the old 33 version, um, putting aside the dated techniques and the fact that it's, it's like an almost a hundred year old movie, I still get floored by Kong the character. And mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. don't get that these days because these weren't just craftsmen making monsters, these were animators making monsters, right? Because, like, like, if you look at um, so you have that technique, you have rear projection where they'd have you know, usually layered uh, uh, sets of the frame in succession. So you'd have maybe like a, like painted on glass, some front foliage to make it look like it's got depth. And then you'd have actors reacting to a rear projected set of stop motion imagery behind them. Uh, They would do that. And then the most complicated stuff they did to make live actors look like they were directly interacting with stop motion animation, they would use two techniques, the Dunning process and the Williams process. So uh, the Dunning process was invented by cinematographer Carol H. Dunning, and it, it used blue and yellow lights that were filtered and photographed into black and white film. And so the special effects crew could combine two strips of different film at the same time, which created a composite that shot in the camera. So that's one technique. And then... The Williams process was invented by cinematographer Frank Williams. It didn't require color lights. It could be used for wider shots. And it used, instead of bypacking, it used an optical printer uh, that um, basically allowed them to combine several strips of film in a single composited image through the use of an optical printer. So they, that the special effects crew could film the foreground, the stop motion animation, live action footage, and the background all at the same time and combine all of them into one single shot. So they didn't need to create the effects in the camera. And they invented all this stuff. <laughs> God, to, to think so about what did a, you do today? <laughs> I want to think about being a craftsman. Yeah, that's... Like, you're, you're, you're watching like the future, like the next few decades of filmmaking be made right here. You're, you're sitting there. It's, it's, oh, and it's, it's 
it's awesome seeing it it work so well because it's it's fun part of the fun of being a film fan if you get into like the nitty-gritty of filmmaking is watching kind of the evolution of film and mm-hmm. to see them hit it like almost like immediately is incredible because even when you compare new hope to empire strikes back in terms of just how they filmed they took all the lessons learned and these these guys just uh, it, it works hey you know and to go forgotten yeah. largely too because that's mm-hmm. the saddest thing about a lot of the effects guys from this day and age is they go forgotten they go you know um even by hollywood this they weren't considered which is amazing because they're half of kong God, maybe even more of Kong is those special effects, those craftsmen, the characters they gave us, the spectacles, you know, they allowed us to see. It's, it's sad, it's sad to me. Yeah, uh, I should also clarify something. So the Williams process and the Dunning process were not directly made for King Kong, but it, it's just one of the most notable examples of them. Uh, the Williams process, uh, which is the one that uses like the bicolored film, is um excuse me no it's the one that doesn't sorry it's the one that uses an optical printer and it was invented in 1918 uh but uh it was used in the invisible man and it was used also notably in king kong and the dunning process wasn't invented until 1927 Mm. yeah it's like it's still just impressive i mean and also like right and i think it's like uh everyone's been saying right kong is a full-fledged character because like, he interacts with these, he interacts with the with the human characters, which are who you would normally feel for. But I don't know if that's just like there's just something about like because like that's one of like I think King, uh, King Kong and Godzilla are such a good pairing in a sense. Is because you love them. Like I don't know about you guys, but like even though Godzilla's like in the first in the original Godzilla, Godzilla's kind of a bad guy. He's kind of a jerk. Kong <laughs> eats. Kong, Kong does eat some people. I mean, yeah, he does. Yeah. You know, I mean, but. You love you love them like they're mm-hmm. there's something almost adorable and 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 wonderful about just the creatures themselves. Well, I and, always root for the monsters. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's how I've that always surprised so. nobody. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, yeah. dude, humans suck. Like, let's let them die. Like, let, <laughs> I want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch King Kong chew on these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> is that King Kong is a growing boy? He looks hungry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you need to eat something, Kong. Like, come on. <laughs> like, we're busting down his big ass wall that keeps his dinosaurs in, and he doesn't have a fridge. You know, like, what's he gonna do? So maybe <laughs> we can. We can. I mean, maybe we can make Kong a fridge. You know, that's. <laughs> well, I was gonna, but then they burnt that set. I was. Gonna oh, the date. Oh. Sons of bitches. <laughs> For what? Gone with the wind? Like it's a classic? Gable demanded and just sat there cackling like a man. <laughs> Kong sets burns. <laughs> I've never seen Gone with the Wind, and I don't think I ever will now. <laughs> it's very good, in it, but it's very much a product of its time. And it's, yeah, it's gone. I mean, I just, it's just hard because it's so long. And the part that I like the most is when they're burning Kong the, sets. <laughs> yeah, you when they're burning the Confederate cities, and I like it less now, and that makes me sad. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but let's um kind of open it up to what other Kong related films uh are y'all really feeling? Like, what are are there any other ones that just speak to you? 
Well, I will say I, I do love Godzilla vs. King Kong 1962. Woo! I will say, mm-hmm. they, you know, they tried to do something really cool, which was kind of give some more abilities to Kong. <laughs> and uh, and I want to just say King Kong as like Raiden from Mortal Kombat <laughs> is the coolest thing you'll ever see and I highly recommend you guys going and checking this out yeah okay so so uh, Tom and I when I was re-watching it like I, I had to message you right away <laughs> because okay for the audience at home uh, uh, so King Kong is established as like they need to bring him to Godzilla because Godzilla's rampaging. And there's also like American military people that are having all these explanatory exposition, you know, captain exposition visits. So he's uh they're explaining why King Kong will beat Godzilla. And they have these weird diagrams and they're like, uh Godzilla has the brain the size of basically a walnut, which I dispute, but that's mm-hmm. what they basically say. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, that is not fair. Uh, mm. And then by contrast, they say like Kong is very smart, so he's going to win because brains over brawn, that sort of thing. But then they totally jettison that halfway through the film, <laughs> and uh, they're just like, oh, Kong, and mind you, audience at home. This comes out of nowhere. You're like, Kong gets extra powerful with electricity now. Yes. And they just assert it. Yes. <laughs> There's no reason. Nothing happens to Kong. It's never been established to my knowledge in any prior thing. It definitely wasn't in the original. No, no. And yeah. And they're just like, and he's got superpowers you didn't yeah. know about. Yeah. Magic fingers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Could we make the argument, though, that maybe the 1933 film would be the greatest movie of all time if he all of a sudden at the end started shooting down planes? <laughs> uh, I do believe. I like the ending if, more. I like the ending more. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like if that's how they ended it, they would have stopped making films entirely because it would have just been like every other director would have just taken their hat off, gotten off of the chair, and been like, we're done. I gotta take it yeah. one step further. So Kong shoots all the planes out of the air, and then everyone, all the people watching, start bowing down. And mm. that's where it cuts out. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. I like Kong that. on yes. top of the, uh, the Empire, Empire State, State Building, shooting Stop lightning out of his fingers. He becomes, no, okay, so, he becomes a new president of the United States. Yeah, so what happens is he's climbing he's climbing the Empire State Building. It gets hit by lightning. It's like Ooh. a giant tower. Oh, yeah. And it charges okay. him up. So he has these new powers he didn't mm-hmm. know he had. And mm. all of a sudden, it's just like godlike, like this electricity <laughs> wave just demolishes everyone. It's like Lopan from Ringing Back at the John Carpenter, right? Yeah. <laughs> Total Lopan vibes. I kind of like the idea of you can then pick up the sequel where he is God Emperor of like, God the Kong. world. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. He has to wear a suit now and he has to do like presidential things. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and then shooting lightning out of his face. <laughs> right. And then it's so successful and all encompassing, all future films or take just- place <laughs> in this world, no matter what their plot is. Yeah. I'm down. Like they're like, yeah, it's like Casablanca is like, like you know they're trying to get this these uh re- you know these uh rebels away from the nazis safely but meanwhile making casual references to god emperor Kong. 
You know, I would like the the King Kong movie where he just goes and destroys a bunch of Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's World War Two, and they're like President Kong. <laughs> we, we need to. <laughs> puts on a. <laughs> he has a gigantic red bandana that he puts on. He like ties behind yeah, his like, head, <laughs> like, like Rambo, with like six helicopters. This massive Kong-sized like World War Two army helmet. Yeah. <laughs> And then you see like those giant like guns that they had in World War Two, right? Like the, that like had trains pulling them. And they're like trying to shoot Kong. He's just like grabbing them and like throwing them back at him, <laughs> shooting lightning. And then he just, oh yeah, like, and then they're like he doing eat, like he eats hit- trend is- yeah he eat, he eats Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the Nazis bow to him, and now he's like completely owned the whole planet. It's pl- yeah. And then the third movie will be called Planet Kong, <gasps> where everyone's just like, dude, we gotta figure out how to do something about this guy. <laughs> well, that's when you kind of take, like, the idea of, like, Dune Messiah, you know, the kind of deconstruction yes. of Campbell's hero myth, and yeah. you do that with Kong, and it ends yes. with him walking into the desert to get eaten by a sandworm. Because he's like, I've done all I can for these people. <laughs> You'll never learn. Shoot some last bit of lightning out of it. Does some Dr. Manhattan stuff up on Mars. I'm Hell yeah. People. Yeah. <laughs> he's I'm like, sure these humanity is too simplistic for me. <laughs> no, that's kind of why I um. So when they establish in the uh, he's bald. The it's like the end of the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. like all that ever was is Kong. <laughs> no, like this is why I, I want uh there to be sequels to go- the new Godzilla versus Kong because they established that he just keeps growing. And mm-hmm. I want the next film to be like now he's like reaching to the moon. And just <laughs> oh, like there's all this Kong. Because there's got to be a bigger creature than Kong for him to fight, you know? Or yeah, yeah always. Like imagine like if if Ghidorah was just like the child. Mm. Emperor oh, Ghidorah. Ghidorah. <laughs> Super so, Mecha Ghidorah. Should the very last shot of this monster universe that they're doing, should it just be kind of like 2001, but instead of a giant space baby, it's just like a Kong? Like, it's bubble. Yes. And the na- title is just. But he'll be bald. Kong will be bald. So he'll look so freaking weird. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, the, the, it's, wanna... it's like All is Kong is the title, you know? <laughs> and it's just like two hours of him having no. No antagonist, really. He just gets sleepier over two hours and then dies and becomes a black hole. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. What if he's dreaming about being the main actor in Barry Lyndon? <laughs> it's, like, it's like St. Elsewhere and we're all like Kong's dream. Yes. Wait, so it could be like being John Malkovich. He finds like a door into his own head and he goes into it. And it's yeah. just Kong world. So everything's just Kong, 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 Kong. I am so into this. Yes. <laughs> In my heart, I've seen this fifty times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm starting, starting to, to picture some Donkey Kong vibes too coming in. Like <laughs> he's his he's his cousin. <laughs> I mean, there's so many good spinoffs, and just like, on Golden Kong, so it's just Elder Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like like uh, just has this dream where this like. His only true antagonist is this Italian plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I keep I had that dream again. <laughs> just cold sweats. It's like this turtle smashing man just 
I can't hit him with me. those barrels. Oh my god, you set it up like the MCU. So at the very end, you know, he has this dream. He looks off into the night sky and we cut away. And there's just a giant Mario <laughs> <laughs> speeding towards Earth to take out Kong. That'd be awesome. And there's a giant boo ghost that's an asteroid. And you have to keep looking at it or it gets closer. Oh my yeah, god, like, that like, is so cool. Like, like Kong <laughs> thinks he has like territorial supremacy. Right, and then all of a sudden, just this hand reaches out of the sewer. <laughs> he was growing strong in the underground, <laughs> smashing turtles. Dang, training. Oh my god! Oh man, Nintendo, give give us a call. Yeah, right? Universal Nintendo, we got you. Yeah, because I want to make Kong a vampire as well. I won't fight. <laughs> You have to jump the shark. Kong has got to get bitten by Dracula at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kong in space just because he's so big, and then he runs into like spacefaring Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Still floating out there after Jason X. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for this. And they'll cut him up and they'll rebuild him like Robocop, and he'll be Robocong. <laughs> Oh, this is literally the best movie of all time. Yeah, really. This is all just one. This is the first act. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I feel like we've really, I feel like we've derailed in the nasty. We've jumped, we've jumped the shark. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this will be our last episode. (laughs) Know where we can go from here. We've done it. We've invented the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, there's the only thing left to do is just sail off into the sunset. I mean, but isn't that kind of how Kong has been kind of like adapted? Because he, he's all of a sudden he's fighting Godzilla and he's way taller than he was in the movie. And then he was in cartoons because he brought up cartoons. I remember there were cartoons with Kong. Yes, there was. Like I... comic book. Like, there's so much stuff with it. And he, he's either a villain, depending on the context, or he's fighting on behalf of man. Or yeah. it's he's so malleable, the Kong. Like you, you really can stick him everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there was even another the second Toho Kong film where he fought Mechanic Kong, a giant robot Kong. Oh. You know? What? Yeah, and the villain was Doctor Who. I'm not kidding. It was what? a different Doctor Who, but listen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Mechanic Kong. Was that King Kong Escapes? Was it that one? Yes, yes, King Kong Escapes. What? Oh, Kelly, you just made my life so much better. <laughs> what? I'm gonna go hunt down King Kong Escapes. Yes, Robo Kong. <laughs> I regret every time I watched Extro instead of that. I, hey, Extro is great. I want to. I do think that is something that we 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 should bring up because I think it's something that's kind of interesting to the central plot of Kong is his size because he's mm-hmm. constantly changing size. Mm-hmm. Like in the original Kong, I would I would say he's probably like twenty five feet tall, maybe. I think yeah. I say like forty to. 50 maybe mm. but i'm not sure about that because he's about the size of a t-rex well i don't know what size a t-rex is off the top of my head. <laughs> he's about the size of kong <laughs> oh oh interesting i think t-rexes are like 20 30 feet tall somewhere around there yeah so like, so like 25 i think it kind of makes sense that he's interacting with people right there's definitely mm-hmm. a point where you're like you can't interact with us anymore kong you're too fucking big <laughs> right like like, I think Kong Skull Island, the, he's fucking huge. Like, yeah. he can't pick up Anne anymore. Like, right. he, like if he even just, like, 
brushed you, you would break every bone in your body. Like, I, I kind of don't like Giant Kong. I don't know. How do you guys feel about Giant Kong? I'm not a fan. I like Tiny Kong that interacts with people. I don't mind it, but you're right, though, because, you know, Skull Island, like uh, Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston have almost nothing to do with Kong. I mean, like, I think she reaches out and, like, touches him once, and that's it. I mean, it's it's he's so far above them all that it's it's right. so distanced now. Yeah, and his, I think his dandruff is like as big as her body. So like, <laughs> literally true. Yeah. It could kill you if it hits you. <laughs> yes, it was one of my it was one of my biggest problems with the portrayal because I mean, there's some amazing shots in Skull Island where I was just like, that is the greatest poster I want on like my mm-hmm. wall right now because mm-hmm. it's just fit. that that uh, initial helicopter scene where they're flying in. Yes, yes. We realize with the sun like, in the background. Oh god, he's like 500 feet tall, and you're like, this is incredible. But it's not Kong. Just, right, because I I think like something that we, that we got at uh, is that the humanity it's it's not exactly humanity, but as because we we don't know Kong's thoughts per se, but but there's definitely like an emotion and an mm-hmm. activity, and we matter to Kong, you know, and mm-hmm. in an important way, and but part of the majesty of Godzilla is that we don't matter. He's so far that. above. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I mean, like, that's his name, though. Like, we have Godzilla, and then we have King Kong. So, like, he should be, you know, looking out over us. And it's, I always felt like in the original, he was more or less indifferent to us. Like, he might like some of us, he might not like others. Like, it just, he's a giant ape. You know what I mean? And, uh, but then you have Peter Jackson's, which does everything it can to, for lack of a better term, humanize Kong. Like one of my favorite moments in any Kong film is where he and Naomi Watts are in um, Central Park, and he's mm. like, he's just skating across ice, and he's like you know sliding across it. And it's just this wonderful little moment where you're watching an animal experience something. Anybody who owns like a pet knows that joy of watching a yeah. dog swim for the first time. Really you know, strong you know, ice. Yeah, yes, incredibly <laughs> strong ice. I mean, it's a, it's a scene oh, it iron is. man eyes <laughs> that shit ain't gonna break um but yeah yeah exactly like i think there's something that is lost a little bit when kong does get too big right because yes. he's i mean he is like a, it's a very much a beauty and the beast archetype story like right it is very much that kind of story where you're know, kind of selling you that kong you know can fall in love with humans which is cool which is fine He's a little big, but you know, yeah, you work. <laughs> Everyone's always had that unattainable romance, you know, where yeah. you're just like, yeah. it's, it's high school, and you're just like, oh, if only I asked the person X out. If only my holes were a little bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> things, things just aren't lining up in this uh, scenario. But well, it's, I don't know, Kong. He's. There's only really one story you can tell with him. He served one purpose, you know, whereas in Godzilla is the purpose. Kong, Kong existed, fell in love with, with something he could never have, was taken from himself. Because getting into the deeper themes of Kong is, is quite an interesting uh, experience now in like 2021, because you can view it as very much pro-colonialization. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look at it mm-hmm. as very anti-colonialization. It depends on whose side you're on. Do you fear Kong? Or do you empathize with Kong? And if anyone fears Kong, man, we need that to talk. That's Kong, <laughs> but people always sell him as the you know a monster. And when you use the word monster, there's a certain connotation to it. Maybe not to yeah. us, 
but to mm-hmm. the, the greater spectrum. And I, I, Kong is Kong is more than that. You know, Kong is an aberration, maybe in terms of his size, but it, I, I would never call him a monster. Because right, I mean, even in making him, you know, an ape that resembles an ape we understand, like it obviously looks like a gorilla, but it's not no. a gorilla, really. You know, mm-hmm. um, it it's his own type of species right. of which there is Kong, but it in resembling something that is is so proximate to our own species and something more closely that we un- feel like we understand it makes it a lot more relatable than Godzilla is a fundamentally different type yeah. of thing. I own a snake and I've had the snake for 10 years. I'm pretty sure this snake doesn't give a shit about me. It's, you know, like it's just a snake. I love them. But like you look at their face and you can't see anything, but you look at like, if I owned a monkey, it'd be a very different, you know, they're very mm-hmm. expressive and, and yeah, we can latch onto them. And it's, that's the distinction with Kong. And that's like, a, Skull Island was a great piece of spectacle. Like, there's some. I really fell in love with some shots in that movie. Um, and that that helicopter sequence is an all all timer, in my mm-hmm. opinion. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not Kong outside of a name, and it's that kind of sucks because, like, mm-hmm. I love Kong as this big dumb creature that is just everything he does in New York is retaliatory. You know, he's scared. Mm-hmm. He's, exactly. He's traumatized. He, he's been abused for months on end. He's been paraded around. Yeah, and now, like, the beauty of. He's, yeah. Right. Go ahead. The beauty of Kong is that he's just human enough, or just not human enough to not be human, right? So it's like a big kind of allegory for the fact that we had this audacity in ourselves to chain up, you know, people and parade them around. And Kong is just a gigantic example of this. I mean, it is almost i don't know if i want to say satire on that but it's almost like you see how ridiculous this is that we thought this was a good idea at any point in our Mm. civilization like come on now (laughs) and kong and kong is just like the he's like a representation of a lot of the of that horror too just snatching people up from their land and using them for your own needs it's like god that's awful yeah and, and i feel like it was um and and you know we're kind of like just organically sliding into the more thematic deep dive portion of the the, the show. Um, I, I think at some, in some ways that calling that history up in a way is from a modern perspective, very problematic because some of it wasn't done very thoughtfully. Cause it's no. like, it's, it's the 30, mm-hmm. it's 33, you know? Yes. Right. Uh, like if you look at some of the, sort of racialized iconography of mm, of the tracks. posters of some of the posters not all of them but some of them you know there's definitely some elements in the plot and some elements of the marketing yes. that call to mind really troubling shit yes i mean it was even uh, it's very existence is owed to the kind of boom in jungle pictures people wanted jungle pictures um mm-hmm. you know we were explored africa but now we had moving cameras and there was a romanticized look because where the country was with you know uh jim crow laws at that point there was an oddly romanticized look at at, at african culture and part of this was inspired by openly they admitted there was a uh, it was a very it was pretty much like a an african this is like a new this had to be a thing I don't know if anybody's ever called it that, but it was like African exploitation films of like the 
late 1920s, early 1930s, you know, where it was a lot of people in blackface with bones through their nose. Um, But there was a film about a woman tribesman who was given up to uh, sleep with an ape. And that was kind of like a popular thing. The connotations are terrible. It's a heavy, it's not even a dog whistle. It's a blatant neon sign. Mm -hmm. But Kong kind of was birthed out of that. So it's hard to divorce culture from Kong um, in a lot of aspects, specifically in the way women are presented, the way minorities are presented. And, but it's interesting that you can maybe put aside original intention because it's, it's odd that Kong is portrayed as the tragedy that it is for a bunch of exploitative, you know, filmmakers, which is really what they were and what this movie kind of is. It's, it's one of the greatest exploitation films of all time. Right. I, I, I think, um, I think Kong is largely, uh, still holds up despite that because it's not. Oh, a hundred percent. There's, I think, well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to explain why I think it does. Um, Cause it's hard to pin it, but I, I think part of that is despite some of those problematic connotations in a lot of cultural material that does very similar things, it's very, those analogies are not central to King Kong, even no. if, in, in my opinion, even though it's inspired by that yes. tradition and the popularity of that tradition at the time. Yes. Um, but it does its own thing. Uh, I would say, I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon follows the same formula. Um, and I would say it, it feels even more distant in a way uh, from it. But it was also done 21 years later. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things that's, it's, it's hard to view certain films, I think, in a 2021 lens. Um, and just like, because it's also, I discovered Kong at a young age where I didn't know these things, you know? I was, was like five and uh but as you grow older and you you start seeing it it, but it's yeah it's tough because i think you can watch it because the insensitivity is on display but i would not call this film an outright racist film just it's insensitive and it's Mm. uh but it it, and as you said that stuff isn't central to the story because we're also it's to me it's odd just the portrayal of masculinity in kong the original, like our, our romantic lead male character hates, he's a misogynist who hates women. Like he's absolutely. a fucking asshole. Yeah. My show. I will say he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's everyone else is kind of, you know, kind of glib towards it. it. It's, it's really fascinating to see what was considered the romantic lead. Oh, he's a guy mm-hmm. who hates women. He, uh, he's a racist. He's, but he's willing to fight some some dinosaurs. Because I love when um, they leave Skull Island and they cut to New York and Kong's already captured. They're about to display him on Broadway. And it's like, they introduce Faye Ray as... They introduce her after him and they're like, and his soon-to-be wife, <laughs> Andero. And you're like, wait, what? Hmm. Well, that was... That guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Because it's weird because his arc isn't to he's a misogynist he becomes better he's no longer a misogynist so he's in love it's like he's a misogynist he falls in love with one particular person despite still being a misogynist yeah yeah Mm -hmm. what is is that exchange you know but you hate he's like i I think i love you but you hate women he's like but you ain't women yeah like (laughs) what 
Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, folks at home, uh, if, if this offends you, but like, what the ever-loving fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... He's a sailor. Don't you know how sailors work? <laughs> <laughs> like, women I just kept waiting. <laughs> women just... and semen don't mix. Didn't you know that? <laughs> what we learned today on this Thursday... <laughs> No, the thing that I kept waiting to happen is for him to either just fall overboard and unceremoniously drown or to be eaten by Kong. <laughs> yes. Would have been okay with I was waiting the whole time. Yeah. I think that's that's definitely like a 2021 like kind of way to view it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. for sure. But it I is. but it is fun that would be funny as fuck though. I will say. <laughs> I, I I just find it odd that they you give Kong the the arc that the typical romantic lead would have. Like mm. Kong starts, he's a rough and tumble guy. He meets this lady. He doesn't know how to deal with it. She softens him, teaches him the nicer ways. He falls in love. And then he gets betrayed by people she knows. Yep. And then gets put in this weird by context. By a jealous ex-lover. Yeah, it's... I yeah. mean, it's... Like, holy crap. And, and that's where I think this film... So, aside from some of those very, let's say, things that are very much of their time, um, some of the more controversial aspects of the film, it's wildly subversive in a lot of ways towards and so i wonder how much like you said earlier i wonder how much is a product of its time and how much is maybe someone being a little bit more winking towards like society at that point yeah exactly i i, I, mean, I kind of would hope it's the latter personally yeah, you would hope yeah but also, you, you don't know i mean like you said all those people are dead. Like, if, yeah, yeah, we can't everyone, everyone that has worked on that movie is probably gone now. Like, I would be mm-hmm. surprised. Like, maybe Kong Jr. is still out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, is this like Logan, like old man Kong Jr.? Oh, I like it. <laughs> old man Kong Jr. <laughs> That's what it should be called, too. It should be the clumsiest title. Old man, old man Kong. Kong Jr. Is <laughs> it like this? There's like this uh, this desperate struggle against this monster somewhere else in in the world, and then like Kong's in this giant log camp on Island, <laughs> and just like suits up for one last go. It's like uh, it is like Donkey Kong, where his grandpa's always in that that rocking chair. Oh yeah, Cranky yeah. Kong, I think his name is. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a like a red cap, like yeah, Diddy Kong. He's smoking a pipe. Do-do-do. Can we go back to the uh, the All Kong universe for a moment? <laughs> Can we say that Any Which Way Balutes would now be a movie about Kong and his pet Clint Eastwood? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all for this. I yeah. just, it's, I'm, I'm kind of surprised given his history uh, how, how few times Kong's really been readapted because we got one in, what, the 70s? You got one... Because I don't count... Uh, Toho would count like um, not not counting like the the Godzilla stuff. I'm saying like a direct like big budget oh. Hollywood Kong film. I mean, we only had like three, three mainline four four, Skull, I guess. If you Skull can consider Island's, like its, its own thing, I thought like it feels um, so different because it's yeah. not even trying to. I give them credit for not trying because honestly, my favorite part of Kong is the Skull Island stuff. New York is mm. great and everything, but Skull Island's amazing. That's where I want to go. That's where I want to live. Yeah, well, I think part of it might be, and this is just speculation, but so, you know, Japan at, at, you know, in the the 60s, they'd been doing a lot of different experimentation with like the kaiju Mm subgenre for a while. And they had a lot of different things going on. They were familiar with the format. Like Kong was 
you know, in 33, the only massive American monster really that I can think of other than dinosaurs on film. And then you get to uh, the 50s when we started producing a lot, but that was all wedded to that whole like radioactive, like sci-fi aspect. It was a very different kind of thing. That's true. Cause I guess, cause I always think, I always think of Kong as sci-fi, but I guess it's really not. It's just fantasy. Fantasy adventure. Basically. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's no. I mean, the lightning got Kong doesn't come in for a bit. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's when it gets scientific. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it gets. When, the larger hey, an the more they're they're able to generate electricity. Like, like when an ape reaches a particular size. <laughs> exactly, Kong has to get to a certain size to be sci-fi. And crackberries, uh, gotta have crackberries. It's just like because it, it's funny to me that like Kong is well known, like. He's one of those figures, Superman, Batman, Indiana Jones, Darth Vader, who's just, I think, instantly recognizable for, we'll say, the vast majority of the world. Like, it's a global mm-hmm. thing. Like, people know Kong. But how how does Kong really fit into today's, like, demographic? Because I remember when Peter Jackson's remake came out, it did well, but, like, there was, like, a collective shrug culturally. And I don't even think it's a bad film. I actually think it's, it, it's quite good, and in, in, in a lot of it is quite good. Um, but it, it, where do you really feel him? If it wasn't for the kind of rebranded or rebooted Godzilla series, do you think he could or- organically just make an appearance again? Or is like the time of Kong being like, let's say the time of original intended and uh, intent Kong? I think it does have to evolve to a certain extent because we have seen it three times, four times now. Um, there needs, I mean, maybe. I don't I, I don't want to say Kong's that one note, uh, but I mean, I think the thing is that's cool is there's a lot that you can do with the character if you wanted to, just like with Godzilla. Right. It's just, I guess, how wacky and crazy you want to go with it. Like, I mean, I don't know if uh, Kong verse pitch uh, is going to get sold by Universal, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do want at least partial writing credit on that. <laughs> that <laughs> there, Jeff. <laughs> oh, always. 100 um, percent This is a collective. We're a film collective now, all of us. Um, but one thing that, that that there's room for is, you know, there's gonna be a direct Cloverfield sequel, and we don't know the plot. Maybe it's Clovey versus Kong. All right. He's <laughs> it's like he's hungry, so he's gonna eat Cloverfield I mean... babies. <laughs> I mean, if you were that size, who wouldn't? God, I would love to see Kong. Like, I, I kind of want a huge Hollywood budget thrown towards like a Toho insane idea where Kong like is start like he breaks off the top of the Empire State Building to use it as a sword. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. Or just rips it off the ground for a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Like imagine him grab like grabbing onto the side of a building and just swinging around it, like you know, like an ape would use like the trunk of a tree or something. Like it just <laughs> give us like the insane. Um, what was that video game? Destroy all monsters. Give us like mm-hmm. a rampage. Give oh, us rampage! That. Yeah. Ram- oh. <laughs> no, I would like King Kong versus Spider-Man, but Spider-Man doesn't know he's having to respond to King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so you like swing it out. He's like, okay, where is this? And then just he's swinging and then this massive ape swings overhead. He's just like, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but I mean, like, because we, whenever we say like more Kong stuff, it's always Kong versus. Do you think that you could do 
like just a straightforward, if it wasn't building towards like a Godzilla fight, do you think you could do a Kong film? Like, like what if instead of taking us to New York, we just went to Skull Island? I think Kong there should be a, a, a Kong return to Skull Island where he comes back and there's like a new badass in town, right? It's like and Kong mm-hmm. has to kind of like re yeah. has to become king again of the island. No dialogue. No dialogue. Oh, that. Yes. I love that. It is just Kong going. He's like swimming back over the ocean. Technology is allowed us. Like, there's one thing, like, watching, let's say, Matt Reeves' Planet of the Apes films. Mm. At a certain point, I was like, please just get rid of the people. We don't need them. The effects and the performances are good. Exactly. I would gladly watch just Caesar, you know, Mm -hmm. signed. Why can't we do that with Kong? Because. He watching Skull Island. He was my favorite character. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I also love the 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 native. You know, even there's some, some issues with their characterization. Um, I, I love the concept of the native folks on the island because they have like an ecosystem of mutual respect. You know, like they have reverence, mm-hmm. but Kong is a good king. Like it's not. There was no implication that like. He's the predator. That's something they yeah. captured well in Skull Island. We're like, no, Kong protects us from the scary things. And yes. so you could totally have like a, yeah, he comes back and and something in his absence is taken over. That's a tyrant. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, dude. There's five T-Rexes now. <laughs> <laughs> and they climbed on each other's shoulders to make a mega T-Rex. Voltron Rex. <laughs> oh, shit. Look, we just, where's our money, Universal? Come on now. We're killing it tonight. Because that's actually something I would love to see is maybe even from the tribe's perspective. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go with Giant Ape. Yeah, and he's like, and they're like, dude, life sucked since you've been gone, man. We like (laughs) you around. Yeah, like, like where, where are all the stories? And yeah, there wouldn't be maybe the same market for them, but like, where, where are all the stories of where it just shows the day-to-day life and the interpersonal issues in this context of there being a living God on your island? Yeah. Just yeah. That'd be so cool. Imagine yeah, like, there's no antagonist. Yeah. It's just... The Seinfeld version of King Kong. I'm yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I want, like, Italian neorealism <laughs> on this island with Kong where it shows, like, the day-to-day life and that's it. I could imagine, like, do it with, like, a Studio Ghibli sensibility. So you just have, like, yes. children out picking flowers, and there's just Kong basking in the sun, just lounging. Mm. And it's just nothing to pass, you know, by him. Yeah, right. Um, and, like, a cute little kid, like, comes up and just, like, sits in Kong's hand, and he keeps it open. Yeah. And they just look at each other. That's it. That's yeah. the scene. Yeah. Maybe they tie flowers in his hair, <gasps> sleep in as a joke. And, and I would love it 100%. Yeah. Yes. It just, I give me that. Like, mm-hmm. this is... Because for me, like world there's a flood, yeah. Then there's like amazing. a fl- there's like a crazy rain and there's flood like sinking the village and Kong's like mm-hmm. moving the the buildings out of the way. Yeah. No, and, and I would even like do it over like decades, you know. Um, have oh, it mostly yeah. take place in the same time period, but I want it to end with Kong dying, oh. and then you just have like oh god, but no. he it dies ends with Kong being then... taken. Oh, oh prequel. You, you end the series with like. 
our heroes arriving, so to speak. And yeah, it's like Anne's there, and she's like this bitchy ass. <laughs> so we see like the true <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like the ultimate prima donna. She's like, mm, you better get me that monkey. She, they like, sacrificed <laughs> her. They sacrificed her because they knew he might be annoyed with her. She was Cruella Deville, like the Cruella Deville version of of Anne Darrow. <laughs> like I'm the star of this picture. <laughs> I get the monkey when I want the monkey. And you're like, fine. And she's like, no, you get that monkey on the <laughs> I don't think you understand. Kong. I want that <laughs> Kong to be my president. <laughs> and then the ship gets back with this massive ape and like the producers on in New York are just like, why do you have a fucking giant ape? <laughs> What does this help us? This is <laughs> not the plot. Of, this is not the script we greenlit. How do we never gotten that scene where they pull in and just? Yeah, so they never excited. really. I show got a giant that. ape. I got a giant ape. Look at this. Like, they never really show that, do they? They never really no. show Kong on the boat. They never really show like the logistics of how they get him back. I've never. No, and also because well, like like it's not even like they have cell phones where they can like call in and be like, okay, so I know this is gonna sound <laughs> weird. This is gonna sound weird, but. Okay, so I know this is a script you greenlit, but what if we maybe change it and I brought a giant ape? And they're like, what are you gonna do? They couldn't make that call. See, this is where this is where the real Kong expanded universe lives in the minutia of the world. So I want a Dockmaster movie. This guy goes to work every day and then one day he has to deal with this giant ape. No, okay, so like I want okay, here's here's what I want. I want this like indie film about this family where like this guy has this like company just shipping bananas. That's all he does. <laughs> and there's such an increase in the banana market. He's like stressed out because he's gonna get canned if he doesn't figure out how to get like <laughs> two hundred times the amount of bananas because Kong still gotta eat. <laughs> this is so it's like the office, but with bananas. It's a banana company. Yeah, we just. I'm all for the Kong I'll, extended universe. Every single universal one of these ideas. Right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I would watch all of these films. Because mm-hmm. he's, but because I, I, when I watch the film, it's amazing when you watch like Peter Jackson's version is like three hours. You, I think with the mm-hmm. extended edition, it's closer to four. It's um, long. It's a very long movie. Yes, it's... but even. It's amazing to see how much they stuffed into an hour and 44 minutes, mm-hmm. including like a little like music prelude. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm saying about the original Every Kong is, is like, like a movie. it's so tight. Like that original Kong is movie is just like, mm-hmm. oh, we've been here for 10 minutes. We better start doing something new. Like <laughs> the well, audience yeah, like... is going to get bored of seeing dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the things, the moments that I really love are the ones where it's like the little details that give Kong a, a personality more than just a, an antagonist. Like the, the one we talked about earlier where he plays with the dead dinosaur mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. playful and he's thought thinking about it, you know, and it gives him you know more the nuance of just like, he's a scary, it's not like the Cloverfield monster where it's just a force as far as we can see. Yeah. It's, it's a thinking playful thing or like in skull Island, the scene where he first gets attacked by that giant octopus thing mm-hmm. and then he just goes and eats the entire <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, and, it, and it's a long shot of him just eating this massive squid yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. While, while it's still alive all like old yeah. boy and yeah. shit yeah I, I love that scene too in skull island where he's just sitting down watching the aurora borealis at night like mm. it's just like these little glimpses into this this thing has a soul in a way that mm. like, yeah exactly and, it, and it's, something i love too in the original is that shot where he's looking into the window? 
and it's a big just shot of his face mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I found you. (laughs) And it's like, like, you don't even need subtitles for Kong. Like, you kind of get what is going on just by looking at his face. And it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, tell me, like, dude, like most actors can't even pull that off. And they did it with like a a giant stuffed puppet. Like, he's more expressive than Ryan Gosling is in the entire movie Drive. (laughs) That's fair. Okay, Okay. so let's recast and drive with King Kong. And for the record, I like that movie a ton. Yeah. Yep. However, actually, yeah. just replace Ryan Gosling with Kong and everything. Kong's Notebook. Oh man, Kong First Man. <laughs> Runner twenty forty nine. Kong First Man would be amazing. Like we're shooting, we're finally doing it. We're shooting Kong shooting to the moon. The oh man, I, I want, I want a musical about how Kong saves Jazz. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And he's he dances with Emma Stone. King Kong's dancing oh, with Emma Stone. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm ready for that. We are right here. <laughs> uh, I do another uh, theme that I really think is interesting in, in King Kong more than its sequels is, you know, there's this longstanding, especially like Western conception of, you know, it's humanity versus nature, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to bring dominance to this like domineering mindset of oh there is uncharted territory we must conquer it and conceptually i think that's hubris and it's complete assholery mm. but uh i do love how king kong as a film captures that like oh no you know what they have this like godlike king that they worship put on our fucking boat it's ours now <laughs> like it's the perfect personification of it's a perfect exhibition of that like cultural hubris. Yeah. It's like, see that I want that. Right. Like, I, you know, it's like a musical number from Willy Wonka. Like I want it now. Like mm-hmm. just pointing at giant monsters. Like it's like, we can't control these things. And that's what I kind of love that Kong escapes. And yep. the only real recourse is, to essentially kill him because yeah. there's no way that he can cope with you know being taken from his home like it's mm-hmm. well we're also not going to allow him to cope we never yes that's right. yeah 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 we, that's that's I mean, even we would better send everything we had you know yeah, because kong is never really hostile towards us first you mm-hmm. know it's it's on Skull Island, he's destroying monsters and living his life. You know, that's what he do. Yep. And then we show up with machine guns and film cameras and we try to steal his pride <laughs> and away. And it's basically just like, oh, hey, um, you know, the, the islanders that are lit there already. He's like, oh, hey, who are your uh, weird friends with the boat? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty yeah. chill about it. He's just, until they start to do stuff. Yeah. And then it's 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 sad. It, it, you know, it, take a uh take anything from it's like natural habitat and it's gonna lash and the the built-in tragedy of kong is is wise i think one of my favorite i've always been kind of you know like lawrence talbot from uh uh the wolfman i've always loved the more tragic monster there's just mm-hmm. yeah and frankenstein like oh mm-hmm. yeah well i like think just tragedy is inherent to monster films in general absolutely mm-hmm. it is yeah um and we kind of forget that because even like something like as simple as Jason Voorhees, who is a zombified killing machine at this point, was a young, scared boy who drowned in a lake mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, and didn't deserve it. Yeah, and didn't deserve it. And right. and we you know, enjoy and he, watching him kill kids, our teenagers. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you, you root for Jason in these movies because everyone's awful. 
got it. Jason and Kong. They should that be a buddy. All right, Jason and Kong open up a private detective agency. For forty-eight hours, but with Jason and Kong. Mm-hmm. It's like you killed my partner, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, wait, it's Jason. He just stands back up. Kong's just like, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> it's just like, oh fuck, like. The tragedy, yeah, as you said, it's inherent to the genre. And, and I remember actually the first time I saw Kong, I cried. Like when he died at the because I didn't want him to. Oh, yeah. I cried. I did little, yeah. little four or five-year-old me just bawling my eyes out because it's, mm-hmm. Kong Kong was Kong was the hero. Like I'd never connected to any of the human characters in that movie. I've never done it. But Kong a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing I was saying, especially like with Godzilla. Like you feel for them. Like you feel for the monsters. Yeah. Like what? Why why would I I mean, but it's like it feels more they're the more human characters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, like, uh, oh, yeah, that, that's so true in King Kong. Because I, I, I feel like when I, whenever I watch it, I'm always like, okay, well, Anne matters. What happens to her matters to me. And Kong matters. And uh, fuck everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's where I think Skull Island kind of lost it because he's presented as so aggressive at first towards mm. the human characters. And, and while I know what they were trying to do with like the three different groups having three different experiences with everything on Skull Island and the wild, it's still right. having Kong come out and immediately just whooping some ass. Yeah, Kong um, should not draw first blood. Like, no, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. He's Han Solo. Yeah, exactly. He, or he's not Han Solo. He doesn't shoot first. Like, exactly. Kong does not shoot he's first. He's Kong Solo. Kong Solo. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it just felt wrong. Like I don't know because I, I and that's I where, agree. A hundred percent. I was watching it and I'm like, I don't remember. I did not remember that Kong was like the initial aggressor. Like mm-hmm. to me, it makes so it's so much more impactful thematically when we are just fucking up with Kong's day. Well, they yeah. were dropping bombs. They, that's but, true. I but, guess but, they yeah, were, that is but, true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because they were gonna yes. release the uh, the mutos or whatever. The, right. Yeah. What were they called Skull in that one? Or, Skull Skull yeah, skull, skull crawlers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I call them mutos. Yeah, they, they kind of look like the mutos. <laughs> yeah, kind of the yeah. They just hadn't. It was like their half design. Like they didn't totally finish an entirely new monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I have words about that, but I, I don't want to be too negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, it is. I'm all for it. We're a deep dive show. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the skull crawler aspect. No, not uh, at all. Uh, the, the concept is kind of okay. Uh, like the idea that there's these things underneath that like Kong just kind of keeps at bay. Um, yeah, but the design, but, you yeah, see them, you're like... A, uh, kind of a boring creature design, I think. Absolutely. Like, I don't totally buy the the threat they present with just like the two legs, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, especially in comparison to like that bamboo spider thing, that was awesome. That thing that was, was freaking cool. Yeah. yeah like, how, do you, like... how do you go from bamboo spider to, to like boring yeah, it's like, exactly, wingless it's like pterodactyl? Like, because that actually like fits into the environment too. Because they're like, oh, I get it. It evolved to mm-hmm. like kind of hidden among its habitat. Cool. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm in a bamboo forest. Oh my god, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just kind of it's very it's a variation on something we've seen a thousand times. And it uh for me it just it, yeah as you said it was like that half design. It was like yeah we really only care about Kong. I will say this though something I very much appreciate about the mocap in this movie with Kong. Mm. 
they they brought it over, I think, from the God the 2014 Godzilla. It feels like, even though it's a big CG creature, it still feels kind of like a guy in a suit. Mm. The way it moves. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of did like they didn't try to go for like ape. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. Kong almost never goes for apes if it's the guy in the suit. That's like, my big criticism of the 2005 King Kong is that he made him too silverbacky gorilla. Yeah, very much yeah. silverback gorilla. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm like, I want King Kong to ha- be a little a mix, like almost like he wanted to walk upright. Yeah, right, like cause, cause I don't have a lot of demands for Kong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a list. Yeah. I just wanted to, to to walk around and not be too big. Is that the oh yeah? Because because yeah, because the trick is like like it's 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 interesting that he looks kind of proximate to a massive gorilla, but he's very much not. Mm-hmm. Yes, and exactly. So you can describe anything short of making him full human. You know, you can ascribe all sorts of stuff to him characteristically. Yeah, I yeah. almost like that. It's like a a chain on the human evolutionary link or something. Mm-hmm. It's like if you go back far enough, there were just a bunch of Kongs running around punching That's dinosaurs. So awesome. mm-hmm. That's the movie I want. <laughs> family movie. Like, land before time. Land before time, but <laughs> it's King Kong's it's family. Kongs. Yeah, like where it's like a little Kong, you know, like ripping like off, hanging the- out with his parents, and they're at like a giant <laughs> massive stone table. Because there's just so much. That's what I've always loved about Skull Island itself is there's so much history, implied history there that it's it's almost like the cradle of civilization. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, the wall that no one knows who built it. Like, who come really, on, yeah. dude, that's so cool. Like, uh, and also, you, you guys also like how it's like no one knows how to find Skull Island, but it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> like no one does, but also every, everyone does. And yeah, it's yeah. never been discovered, but. These two guys drew Matt for me. <laughs> well, okay, so um, the, <laughs> one thing that I just remembered that, that I really want to talk about, and they're gonna find some like bullshit way to find uh, an excuse for it in the new film, is uh, shit. I just lost my train of thought. It'll come back to me, <laughs> and then I'll edit this to make it look like I was just smart the whole time. Hell okay. yeah. <laughs> that's the power of it it's the scariest part of a podcast is i have a point to make but oh my god i lost it yeah 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 um, i i i watched the um 76 you know the dino de laurentis remake um again last mm-hmm. night and then followed it up with king kong lives for the first time and um you know we're talking about how kong is this uh thinking creature and you know kind of beautiful and wonderful and oh my god he's so fucking creepy in those movies yes those movies are so horny and the like, <laughs> um kong has this quality of the, the the creepy weirdo at the truck stop who keeps looking at you funny and um <laughs> oh no and truck and, stop kong and you know the, i kind of admire the grotesque quality of the remake um the mm-hmm. because i mean it is all about sex it is all about um american tacky capitalism and it's really kind of gross it, it's i mean you know they put a fucking um crown on kong's head yeah um it's and it's very and, subtle yeah and, and unveiling him the veil that's covering him is a giant uh gas pump you know mm-hmm. and it's just kind of gross and i kind of like that it's kind of gross because it's sort of like unlike the original where you know Okay, listen, I don't like the remake, but um, unlike the original where you weren't sure 
what side they were on. Where do they think Denim was the good guy here? No, it's very clear in the remake. No, this guy is shit. Everything that's going on is shit. And I just kind of, mm-hmm. even while not enjoying it, kind of admire how uh, gross it kind of is at times. Yeah, it takes a stance, you know, like it takes yeah. a clear stance, which mm-hmm. is refreshing. And but and it's... also, you know, Kong basically sexually assaults uh, Jessica Lange, which is yeah. a choice. Yeah, it's got that greasy kind of mm-hmm. like italian film thing going on because the 70s not saying mainstream italian film but their genre work yeah can get pretty greasy mm-hmm. and, and the, the kong remake is no exception i i didn't get to watch all of it so i just kind of uh sat down for um the first like 30 minutes of it mm-hmm. i haven't seen it since i was maybe a kid yeah you're right uh yeah <laughs> king kong lives i i had to watch it in french it's the only version i could watch so i didn't follow it completely well um mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about the French, but, um, uh, <laughs> but um, it was okay. So that movie has Kong get the body from the, the previous film from 10 years ago. They're keeping it alive. It's kind of brain dead. They get it a robotic heart to revive it. And then there's a female Kong that he goes and qu- quickly screws. And there's a new baby Kong. And what? then the Tennessee hillbillies go in, on a hunting spree. It's a weird movie. What? <laughs> I've missed out on a lot in my life. I've missed out on the giant animal genre, and I am upset. Oh wow! I I feel like that. I've never seen that one. That no, sounds insane. That's so odd. It's I a movie I've um, heard of, but I've always stayed away from it because yeah. it's supposed to be absolutely hard. But that sounds amazing. It's not good. Well, I mean, okay, again, well, yeah, I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> um, Linda Hamilton was in it. Um, you know, uh, it, it's Linda Hamilton. Yeah, she's a lead in that. Um, right oh. after. Right after the first Terminator, before Terminator Two, um, it's it makes some. It, at the very least, you can say that it's not redoing the same stuff over again, you know. And it's bringing mm-hmm. Kong to brand new places like Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where Kong needed to go. That's what was missing. <laughs> yeah. Like, does he steal Dolly Parton? No, but he Ooh. does go. Uh, does go fishing for alligators at one point and like bangs them all, and then has like five ha- alligator corpses hanging out of his mouth. Okay. Wait, he bangs. I mean, Wait, he, he make- bangs them. <laughs> bangs them. Okay. Um, he kills. You know, smacks them on rocks. Oh, or oh, 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 okay. oh, oh. Yeah, okay. hit them. He, he's <laughs> he's very hard. I was going to say the thing. gators. <laughs> I was How like, was he? <laughs> I was like, that's a. Yeah, okay. I was like, is there like a Porch crocodile hybrid? Yeah. <laughs> he has like he has like the son of Kong and then he has the like, illegitimate like, son of Kong. Oh no. It's, oh, like, no. it's like half alligator. It's like it's it's okay, Rawhead Rex. Kongverse. Okay. Kongverse Rawhead Rex. The Rawhead Rex remake. They need to make Rawhead Rex a 300 foot tall like <laughs> druid cock monster in all honesty i think i'm not gonna edit this episode at all (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna send it out into the world oh my god it's the the tagline could be kong bangs crocodile (laughs) while being u.s president (laughs) (laughs) in tennessee they they moved the capital to tennessee Before being shot to outer space. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like Kong had a thriving country music career we didn't know about. <laughs> I yeah. left my home. <laughs> it's all <laughs> island. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I remembered what I, I was read. going to. I remember what I was going to ask about. Oh, yes. uh, 
So for uh, th they're going to find some weird way to explain this, but uh, I'm not going to believe no matter what their explanation is, like why Kong, when there were two alphas and every kaiju in the fucking universe went to mm. see the showdown and took a side, why Kong was just like chilling on his island and somehow not affected at all. Well, yeah, I've always wondered about that. He doesn't care. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, Kong really does just want to sit back, eat eat animals, and, like, do nothing all day, really. He's yeah, an animal just he's living con his he's life. He's content, you know? Yeah. We, we fuck it up. The monsters, they fuck it up. He doesn't Leave. need that higher station. He's got his <laughs> island. He's yeah. a... Like, He's a, you know, a town politician. He's not you know, <laughs> much bigger than that. <laughs> like, like, look, I, so like Ghidorah comes down. He's like, I control the whole world. And Godzilla's like, oh, no, you don't. I control the whole world. You're not even from this neighborhood. And then Kong's over and like, oh, uh, guys, I just wanted to be mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kong's asleep. You know, <laughs> he, he's, he's Thor from uh, Avengers Endgame. He's just, you know, <laughs> he wants to play Fortnite and eat his pizza. Like, leave, leave, leave the man be. No, I, I think it's, it's like in a... That's what I love about him, though, is... is... No, I, I, I think so cool like that way. Is, like, he's he just, a... like, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no, I, I think he's like, it's like in Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Like, he's like an autonomous collective. <laughs> like, like, everyone's like <laughs> struggling for being the alpha of all the kaiju. And he's just like, we're an autonomous collective. Help, help, we're being repressed. <laughs> Oh my God! There's there's room for there's there's room for a lot of of Kong growth, I think, because I can't wait for the Kong like PTSD drama, you know, where oh, he finally gets his Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so much you can do with him. Yeah, he's, no, he's, no, I'm excited now for the future of Kong. <laughs> right, right? There's dude, you could remake L.A. Law with nothing but Kong. Yeah, I mean, he needs to stop, you know, uh, falling Corbin into love Burns and dying for white back. girls and just exactly other things. Dude, yeah, Kong needs dude, to find a giant-sized thing. It doesn't have to necessarily be another pretty Kong. woman Kong. Yes, pretty woman Kong. Yes, except he falls in love with Angelus <laughs> from Godzilla. Because <laughs> Angelus is like he's like always on the floor, like not really doing a lot, and he's like he's, instead of snapping the jewelry box closed, it's like a creature skull. Yeah. No, yeah, and, and no, and so you have like like this like getting ready for like the initial cautious approach, and Con, thing uh, that Con has to like <laughs> feel all done up, so he goes to like Gigan to give him a haircut. Like, I'll see. Godzilla's like, look, don't be too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Just can serve we have Con? <laughs> Can we it give him like an inner narrative? It'll like, be one by John Cusack. It when Harry like, met Sally. <laughs> when Harry met Sally, but it's when Kong met, and then. Oh, you know, I think I like King Caesar oh. as a better pairing for Kong. You guys remember Perfect. King Art. Caesar from Mecha? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cut over to Gamera. I'll have thing. what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, okay. The best scene of the movie is, so of course they have a falling out, as is common, and then Kong has to win him back, and then holds a giant rock platform with the islanders playing instruments yes. over his head. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you sold me with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giant say anything. Yeah. Yes. It's Kong Dobbler. It's... It would just be a John Hughes Kong movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Breakfast Club, except they're all Kong and they're yeah, all Kaiju. Like... They're all Kaiju. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
that are like trapped in this thing by aliens because that's a common plot device. Yeah, they're <laughs> in detention. They're in a interdimensional detention. They have to figure out how to break out and back into our reality. So and then like Kong just walks away and puts a fist up in the air. And that's <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Kong's totally Judd Nelson, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Like he's Bender. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. <laughs> and Godzilla's Molly Ringwald. It's got. <laughs> yes. Or Mothra. <laughs> Mothra Ooh, could be Mothra. Mothra would be Molly a good Ringwald. one. So who's 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 Godzilla? <laughs> Emilio, the big jock, comes in. Yeah, you know what fire? I think so. Because like he's thick, you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's muscular. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it on the Godzilla episode, but they make Godzilla a little fat, right? Like Godzilla does squats, like <laughs> like Get those thick thighs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Godzilla is uh, experiencing the happy parts of his life. Mm-hmm. Is Rodan Ali Sheedy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> got like an attitude, a bit of an edge. <laughs> I feel like, who do we need to talk to about this? We've come up with like, I mean, at least a half dozen bangers. I wouldn't watch any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what we just need to do is remake more Godzilla movies, or more Kaiju movies from 80s movies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. License yeah. to drive with like Gamera and Godzilla. I want like the Mothra 16 candles. I want. <laughs> I want. I forgot my birthday. I want Skull Island Clue. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah. Who killed this motherfucker over here? <laughs> All the other monsters are trying to figure out who killed like one of the monsters on Skull Island. Oh, love it. Okay. Oh. So, okay. Here's uh here's my pitch, a version of the thing, oh, but it's the kaiju. Oh shit! And one of them is the thing, and they don't know which one because it could be, it could take over whatever. It could definitely right. take over a kaiju. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Kong and then they have pretty- a line where Kong's like, you know, when you have the time, uh, <laughs> I'd like to not spend a winter tied to this fucking rock. Um, I don't think they have, have a giant couch. I will say I think Godzilla would probably be kind of like immune to that because the radiation and all that would probably just burn away the thing. I don't know. That would be interesting. Oh, that's oh, no, they 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 use God. him as their flamethrower. So yeah, exactly. Yes. yes, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, Kong carries him around. Yes. <laughs> so the thing accidentally decapitated Godzilla, but Godzilla can't die. So Kong, <laughs> so Kong's just carrying his head around. <laughs> Yes. And he has the voice of uh <laughs> of Jeff Bridges for some reason. <laughs> like the, I mean he's like, dude, stop. <laughs> could we do could we remake Starman with Kong? Yes. Like voiced by Jeff Bridges. Yes. And yes. and and he falls in love with Godzilla. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Instead of yeah, exactly. Well someone call that's what we'll get John Carpenter on for. Yeah, yeah. We just gotta go to here's some cigarettes, some weed, and a PlayStation. You're like, okay, Mr. Carpenter. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We very much respect your filmmaking career. We need, the, however, we need to make. We do have some notes. We need to make Starman with Kong and Godzilla. I want, I want like a Baragon version of Elvis. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that would be crazy. Oh, escape from Skull Island. You send Godzilla in a snake plissken. Oh my god, yes. that's, just, that's easy. That writes itself. Yeah, that <laughs> one's perfect. That <laughs> one's too easy. 
No, because if I were the president and I needed to like retrieve my daughter, Kong's whatever, the like, president. Send Kong's the president. Exactly. <laughs> Godzilla. Like, if I gotta send someone in, <laughs> it's gotta still be Donald Pleasant. He's just kaiju size. <laughs> yes. Just kind of like big man Japan him, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is flawless. Yeah. <laughs> and it still ends with the uh uh what is that, the American bandstand theme? Because mm. you gotta keep it complete kids today will be like, What? <laughs> we still definitely I think uh if we I know you said no more versus movies, but I, I wanna see Terminator, a normal sized Terminator. <laughs> only if it ends if god but that's got to be godzilla and then like at one point the terminator lights it on fire and of course out of the fire rises mecha godzilla oh mm. shit. Do, 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 do. Yep. <laughs> terminator theme kicks in it's on and it's kong sent back in time to save i don't know gamera mothra take your pick He's saving King Kong from falling from the Empire State Building. There oh, you go. That's what it is. That's perfect. Yeah. Because he needs to be with Fay Ray so they can make the savior of mankind. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's and weird. Be, and we okay. can bring Linda, we can even bring Linda Hamilton back. That's Fay Ray. <laughs> we, we just hear that exactly. Like we're watching like a slow motion, like Kong fall. And then we hear this like Kong comma. It's <laughs> perfect. Kaiju side Schwarzenegger comes out of nowhere. Get to the <laughs> stop hitting the choppers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can he be his character from Commando? <laughs> the John Matrix. Yeah, Mecha come with me if you want to live. <laughs> John Matrix. I always remember him making a sandwich, and it looks like such a good sandwich. <laughs> He makes such a good sandwich for Alyssa Milano in that movie. <laughs> Go back and watch Commando. Look at a good that I damn sandwich. Looks. Can just well, stop. So here's I think it does. I, I think that he was actually that was just his actual lunch. He was making his own lunch. So he did a great job. Now I want to watch Commando so I can check out yeah, the sandwich. No, right? yeah. I'm telling you, go watch Commando and look at the sandwich he makes for Alyssa Milano. It looks so can goddamn you, good. Can you describe this sandwich right now? I mean, it has some tomato on it. I think he put some some the bread. It doesn't even look like real bread, man. It's fucking it's like magic bread. It's like it's like bread or something. Um, it's like a, God, it's I'm like the perfect. Now. They like colored the green just for that lettuce to be perfect. <laughs> so he just makes a sandwich, <laughs> like a normal sandwich. I mean, what, 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 what you were expecting? just hungry the last time you watched Commando. <laughs> you <laughs> you watch the entire movie and you watch it being like, "God damn, I need a sandwich." Damn. That was. But the tragedy of it all is that he never ate that sandwich. <laughs> no, he, no. He, he didn't. It's the saddest movie of 1985. It's true. His daughter got taken before he could give it to her. Oh. <laughs> she, they know, she was so hungry. <laughs> Commando director's cut. He actually still has it with him when he goes to rescue her. It's like in a little baggie. It's all soggy. <laughs> I brought you sandwich. <laughs> There's an alternative ending where it's just him happily eating a sandwich. Yeah. And it just cuts to black. Or it ends with one of those like sitcom moments where it's like, Dad, you know I don't like turkey. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I, uh, I put the YouTube video in chat for you guys if you want to watch. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I will say that like on the top of me getting hungry, 
during these movies when Kong was eating that giant octopus, I was just like, calamari sounds really good. Right? Yeah, right. Some sushi, you know. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, See, I have like, to. I always wonder, like Kong, there wouldn't really be like an island left. The amount he would have to eat. Yeah, Skull Island Kong. Yeah, yeah. like he's so no big. Way. Like he'd have to eat two of those octopuses a day. Like, well, so it does kind of establish that, like, there are sort of like little tunnels to this like network of hollow, whatever. So you could probably find stuff under the island, maybe. I have to be a hundred percent. Like honest, I was really thrown off when they threw out the Hollow Earth thing. I'm like, are we going there? Because like this was, I, I was not expecting. It's such a, I haven't thought of it in like 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. then Hollow Earth theory, and I'm, I'm thinking it's kind of brilliant because where do where would kaiju? Come oh, it's from? my third yeah. favorite conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, now we got here the other yeah, two. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really it's like, Okay. How dare you? Hollow Earth theory is obviously, especially if I think it's full of giant monsters, love it. Um, yes. My first favorite is that we fake the moon landing. I don't oh. think that's true. Here's why I love it. It's perfectly innocuous, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I wish we faked the moon landing because it's so much more inter- like I love scientific marvels, blah, 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 blah. I would so be- much be more entertained if we just been like, Fuck, we can't make it there though. Um okay guys, what's Kubrick doing? Like, yeah. Yeah, we just I, I, I love that they, the addendum to that too is that the shining is actually him admitting that he faked the moon. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. What the fuck are you thinking, bros? This is insanity. It's like yeah, holy so crap. That's for sure my favorite because I wish it were true with every atom in my body, and it's not. <laughs> And I wish it were, because it would be so much better if it were. And then my other, my second favorite is flat earth theory, because obviously that's not true. But like, what if the earth had an edge? Wouldn't that be great? Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I mean. What if it's just like 2D, not even like like a coin flat where it's not really flat, but like two dimensional. <laughs> it's just like that's nothing. True. A hundred percent cats would be the most evil creatures on the planet because you'd be they'd all hang out at the edge. So when people went to go see it, they could knock them into it. <laughs> you know, that's true. Yeah, 100%. Just, oh, my God. Yeah. Like we lose all of our ocean water over time because it just like falls, falls off the off. edge into nothing. Yeah, but sure. then it, it goes into the elephant's mouths that are sitting on the giant turtle. Yep, there you go. I, I'm glad they look like thirsty, like giant thirsty buddies. I understand the ending of Dark City now. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dark City was actually just Discworld from <laughs> Terry Pratchett. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. She's like a meaner than you'd think. Oh my gosh. But yeah, those are those audience at home are my favorite conspiracy theories. They're very solid conspiracy theories. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I like the one that says um instead of faking the moon landing, Kubrick decided to make Barry Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened? You know why he made Barry Lyndon? He used all his lights on the moon landing. (laughs) He shot that just so he could get that NASA lens (laughs) to shoot in candlelight. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to pick a filmmaker from that time, though, to fake the moon landing, who better than Kubrick? I mean, sure, right? I mean, mean, if it was Harryhausen, we would all know it. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's like, why is this slow stop motion? (laughs) It is made out of cheese. There's a jo- like, like, I wish we were like moon. Holy off. shit! <laughs> like, what's on the moon again? Moon Why squids. is there a Medusa on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the moon used to be alive, but then it looked at the Medusa, and now it's just a big rock. <laughs> so if you two, I wish faked the moon landing. I wish it was Hitchcock. Oh my god! Like, okay, they're all preparing to go to the moon, never actually get there, but it's fine because there's a murder mystery that takes out the head of Russia, <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, like played by Cary Grant, I don't know why. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that like because it was an actual fears they didn't know what kind of the structural integrity of the moon was when they went to go land and i remember some interview with neil armstrong saying one of the things we worried about is like would we just fall right through like we mm-hmm. had no idea what we were doing that's kind of it's kind of how i wish it happened you, know, like, <laughs> you do the conspiracy they just they land and they just fall right through it's quicksand yeah it's just gone <laughs> yeah exactly they like i i, I would just want to see them like they land they like let down the little ladder and then like they're about to take the first moonwalk and they look down and they're just staring at the moon surface for an hour, like tentatively putting, but then no, but no, I can't do it. No. It's been an hour, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> we got to shove them. Oh, those okay. heroes. And <laughs> those <Back> heroes. <laughs> They flew okay. in a pocket calculator to the moon. I give them credit. Uh, Kong would have done it with less than a pocket <laughs> calculator. Kong wouldn't have even needed the moon. He just keeps growing. He just pull himself up there one day. The best part about sending Godzilla to space is he is his own rocket. <laughs> <laughs> you just put him facing backwards outside <laughs> of the ship. I just love that. Does it, like, does the handstand. I love the number of times in a Godzilla movie that like another kaiju will like take him by the tail and just throw him around. <laughs> like Mothra, King Kong, I think at one point's like, no, got your tail. Yes. Instead of electrocuting it, of course, you know. It's so rude. <laughs> it's, it's more of an affectionate thing. It's kind of like, you know, like picking up your kid and swinging him around. <laughs> We love you, Godzilla. Uh, oh, except for, uh, except is there for... any are, are there any like themes that we uh, that we haven't touched on, or should we uh, wrap up? Whew. I feel like we're good. I uh... feel like we only spent five minutes talking about <laughs> actual King Kong. <laughs> well, you can always be saying, fun. you know, the movie like this inspires your imagination. But yeah, I will yeah. say that's one thing. Uh, I mean, if I'm going to go if we jump into final thoughts, like King Kong has just inspired everybody, right? Like, yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to I mean if, especially if you're interested in movies you know that King Kong has inspired everything so it just inspired us to create a billion dollar franchise I mean I know multi billion dollar franchise this is multimedia too I can see television spinoffs yeah and like comics well because I I think the thing is like they I don't think uh, Kong's potential as a character has ever been like properly utilized. Mm. Because it's nice that they're 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 putting him in a larger film world, but there's so much more to the character that and that that you could explore meaningfully. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I for sure. like I the kinda... Kong Surf movie. <laughs> he has to enter into Kong the... goes Hawaiian. Yeah, <laughs> on his way back to Skull Island. <laughs> Skull Island blanket bingo. <laughs> On the way back to school, on the way back to school, I a six well hits Hawaii, <laughs> and Kong's just, there to tear it up. Uh, just end it with a net. Funicello had to return to her home planet. <laughs> Died on the way there. <laughs> that, I want to see like, Kong eat the Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but I, I actually think like the one, like if I was, if you were to give me carte blanche and a blank check to do what I wanted with Kong, I think we actually kind of hit it earlier. The tribe, Skull mm-hmm. Island itself, I think is the fascinating thing. Um, because we always get hints at these monsters. And, and for me, like the guy inside me who loves world building, I, I, I want to know the ecosystem. I want to know how it works. I want to know the animal hierarchy. I want to know the day-to-day tribe, like how they live with this stuff. And, and I, I think the mm-hmm. idea of Kong being kind of like us getting to see Kong in a non-hostile environment would be actually kind of fascinating. Yeah, no, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's... Yeah, and I, I think like in the the MonsterVerse, that's something that um, there's room for, but they haven't done and they should because they do a good job of establishing like these entities are beyond our comprehension. They're like deities. Mm-hmm. We're no longer, it seems like they might be going back on that. I hope not. But they're like, we're no longer the dominant species on the planet. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, in that context, there would be religions. Oh, God, mm-hmm. yes. For sure. Oh, like God, I want to yeah. see that. I mean, know? that I would bring, that would get me back to church. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like you're like, oh, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're uh, whatever religion you are, your deity's nice and stuff, but there's a literal deity outside. So, last mm-hmm. temptation of Christ, but Kong <laughs> is Jesus. <laughs> last temptation of Kong. Oh my God, yeah. Godzilla is Mary Magdalene. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps dreaming of Japanese scientists. Ghidorah is Judas. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Ghidorah superstar. <laughs> but you're 100% right. Like it, it's one of the yeah. things I, I can't say it's uh, no one misunderstand me when I say this, but it's like one of the few things that I thought Snyder was doing interesting with his kind of take on Superman is the arrival of something like that would fundamentally mm-hmm. change right mm-hmm. every day for us our how we even view existence is completely skewed now because we were wrong. And I would almost love, and, and one of the things I love about like the old kaiju films um, is a lot of them were just people, intellectuals sitting around and talking. Mm-hmm. It was, let's discuss this. And to me, that's the most fascinating thing. Like, I love a Godzilla film or a Kong film. Like, let's say the sequel to the original Kong. Uh, Kong dies, falls down, goes boom. Everyone's sad. But how does the world react to that? How do we react knowing that Skull Island's out there and mm. something on it could get out mm-hmm. yeah exactly right weaponizing right. that's right. great also, if there's a skull island what else who knows there? where else in the world we haven't been looking exactly and it's like there's a whole world to explore but i'm one of those people who you know when i we'll get more into it tomorrow with uh godzilla but like i, I kind of like the more boots on the ground they're there but show me not just the scale size wise but like the fundamental shifts in the world from godzilla rising out from king Mm -hmm. kong rising out like that's that's huge like pacific rim kind of touched on it a little bit with how the markets have changed and how people have adapted to living with these things but to me that's that's the cool stuff and that's the stuff Mm -hmm. we never get yeah i mean even even pacific rim had the church of kaiju i believe where they all met inside a kaiju skeleton and it's like i wanted more of that that's such a cool yes Right, even if it's just a short film to round out that part of the world some. Yeah, mm. it's such a fertile ground. It's like I, I, I think a lot about – I don't think a lot about the film, but I think a lot about the missed opportunity that it was. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence, mm. uh, the sequel, they had that great scene where they go to Africa and there was like this one 
place where they've been they fought the aliens off by hand like they had no futuristic weapons and they've completely adapted the, themselves to the technology and and it's it's like make me a movie about those guys because screw right. the rest of it and that's that's where skull island it gives you this wonderful playground you can play with it and we're so hyper focused on just kong mm-hmm. and the world he inhabits is as fascinating as he is and he could right. be our conduit he's our way into it right um, well, he's definitely the, inter- like, he's the I, entertainment I would... he's also the entertainment because we're excited to see him on screen that's why i also think kai- like kaiju movies and godzilla king kong movies essentially are, are also like really good for kids because it, there's yes. like it's like exposition people talking mm-hmm. and then monster fighting for five minutes and then they run off while the people are talking and then you, that that's the part that I'm interested in, though, is the people talking. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. like they do have that balance, even in the, in the new ones, because they're like, like, oh, alphas and this and the other thing. Like, OK, monsters go smash, mash. Yeah. <laughs> like it's balanced. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need the fun, but it's also really cool to get in, interested in into it. Right. You know, while you were while you were talking, Andrew, all I was thinking of was District 9. Right. Mm. And I was yes. just like, that's kind of like the movie example of kind of like that I'm thinking 100%. of. Hundred percent. Yeah. That it's where like how, how fundamental the world changes and also kind of how it doesn't as well. Mm-hmm. How quickly we just adapt to just like, eh, they're aliens here, whatever. Like that's yeah. Because let, let's face it, in our current climate, like if Kong was to appear, everything happened, he dies, falls down, goes boom. We'd just move on to the next thing within like a week and everybody would be like, Remember that giant monkey? Yeah, but just... I think people would be like freaked. There would be a group of people that completely freaked out, and then uh, there a completely different group that just completely blinks it out, right? Like, right. Yes. that's fascinating, yes. I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the world, but because I don't know, especially when you look at the birth of like, let's say, the giant monster film, not just kaiju films, but like King Kong. The the films themselves weren't interested in like the big attack scenes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they would often their best parts are the people sitting in a room talking or just Kong playing around with Fay Ray. Yeah. And, and, and then you get these, there's action. Yes, but it's sporadic. You know, it's a hour and 40 minute film, 44 minutes, something around there. And the most, the big action scene is 10, 15 minutes of it. That's it. Like you mm-hmm. can sum up what, maybe 20, 30% of Kong is action. Even the original Godzilla. Yeah. It has these big moments, but there's so much more going on. And I think we've lost that, that view with like bit, giant yeah. monster movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't want to get too much into Godzilla, but yeah. No. Yeah. But, it, but it's that kind of like we're nerds though. So I guess we're supposed to think like this. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> no. like very nerdy way of thinking. Like that's yeah. why when I, when people talk about the new wonder woman movie, I'm like, it's just bad for nerds. because because we look at it and then we just we start tearing it apart and it's like oh it has to hold some water like it has to hold a little bit yeah Yeah. and a nerd a nerd could take it pretty far but it has to you know it has to be a little elastic for us exactly exactly because we like to play with our food (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect yeah (laughs) it's 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 something i hope we get back to because i know everybody wants to get to the big kong versus godzilla thing and it's like couldn't we've had maybe one more in between with some, with some king mm. kong action going on like i like the guy yeah i think it, yeah. I just, it's sad to me that he's been overshadowed by 
not even just Godzilla, but like, you know, Kong is well known, but I think people think probably at this point Godzilla and Cloverfield monster before they think Kong in terms of well, giant creatures. Definitely Godzilla. Yeah. 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 I would say that like one of the positives too is because I guess the rights revert back after this one, um, but not to Kong though. Right, King Kong and could so become they... the new face of the MonsterVerse. Yeah, oh. exactly. And they've made up so many original kaiju in all these films. And and on that note, one of the things also that I I had forgotten about as we we're talking about all the things that they can do with Kong is there is going to be a Skull Island uh, MonsterVerse anime coming to Netflix. Oh, cool. Oh. Very interesting. Nice. So I don't really know what it's about, you know, but it's been, been announced anyway. What uh, can can I ask this before we wrap everything up too? Um, of course. What's your favorite version of Skull Island? My favorite version of Skull Island. I mean, I got. I'm gonna go with the original, the 33, mm-hmm. only because I. Every time I watch the original, like original, I'm just like I'm. I'm always just so floored. By the creatures that they were able to bring into life. While I think. And Peter Jackson's feels really messy. Like that. I was just watching it last night. That scene where they're running between the brontosaurus's legs. Uh, I hate that sequence. Yeah. And I'm just like, I was like, am I supposed to vomit watching this movie or. (laughs) That is really bad looking. It's really bad looking. And and, and, uh, I feel like some of the scenes are just so damn long like the action scenes i'm like holy oh, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. i need to take a break i'm not even sure what's happening anymore but like how like, is yeah. how is naomi watts alive i don't understand what's happening yeah like but the, the rex like, fight where it's like okay one rex isn't enough we got three of them against kong now and now they're hanging from vines you know it's cool yeah. it's absurd too oh absolutely yeah like but i, then I think have... i almost feel like like you it almost feels like to me um so like skull kong skull island is uh, I feel like they took a fresher approach to the character. Hmm. King Kong in 20 in 2005 feels like uh, it feels like somebody's attempting to remake King Kong from memory mm. yeah. rather than coming at it fresh. It's also, I, I think Peter Jackson, because despite I, I enjoy the 2005 version um not i don't think it's a, a successful film uh there's just there's parts of it i, I really absolutely i love mm-hmm. um but it, it's sloppy and it, it, it unfortunately kind of showcases peter jackson's one of those directors like I, I often think about the story when they were making lord of the rings that when they were in the mines of moria uh running down the the bridge of Khazad-dûm, um that was like a paragraph in the script and it was just supposed to be them running down a staircase while arrows were shot and the um uh, the big fire and smoke demon. Because Balrog. Balrog. I like that. I can. I like you could have to say you can remember the bridge of Kazakh Doom, but you can't remember the Balrog. I can't remember the Balrog. Yeah. So the Balrog's <laughs> coming, and then like Peter Jackson took a look at the um the miniature set that they'd built, and then the sequence we got in Fellowship of the Rings is that, like you know, with everything crumbling, and it became this whole thing, and and he tends to just keep adding and adding yeah. and going too big and going too big. But then like my favorite parts of the new of 2005 King Kong is those quieter moments, like, you know, central mm-hmm. park, just Naomi Watts. And then the way they filmed it is with Andy circus on top of the, uh, like kind of mechanical Kong. So she could look up and see his eyes and kind mm-hmm. of react to it. And it's, there's like these wonderful quiet moments and Naomi Watts is, a gem and she sells yeah. oh and Naomi Watts is fucking amazing yeah 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I overall like the. I don't feel like I would like it even half as much without her as exactly yeah i like oh, the original oh, yeah. film more but naomi watts is uh you know and is i don't know the, the the better more likable character because she just sells the and she she looks sad about kong instead of just uh scared of him all the time mm-hmm. yes yeah it's totally yeah because it's peter jackson loves it you know you uh-huh. can feel that love in, in yeah. every frame of it but it's it's maybe it's too much love those, <laughs> maybe but it's also it's yes. maybe one of those things that's like do you need to remake kong we can explore kong spinoffs and worlds but right. it's almost one of those movies like it's like remaking casablanca or citizen kane mm-hmm. really it's like why bother it's there let mm-hmm. the mythology grow and live on you know a perfect example of what you're saying andrew and we talked about this last time on the podcast was uh shape of water it took yes the creature yes. from the black lagoon and it made something completely new yes and wonderful out of it whereas like peter jackson was just like i just want to make king kong mm-hmm. not necessarily out of it though i never I played will, the video game i will stand that video game all day yeah because you, you play as both jack and kong it's cool it's good there's no health bar so you got to be like really careful no bullet counter it's <laughs> nice it's, it's an excellent game and like you it feel was like cool. you're there but it's if i'm going to go for skull island i think i'm going to go with the original as well um Though I do love bamboo spider legs. Yes. yes. I mean, Skull Island, yes. Kong Skull Island, that Skull Island probably looks the coolest. Yeah. Only because technology and is allowed all that have really... I mean, mm-hmm. it looks massive and expansive. And there's like... It feels like it's more than just a jungle. Yeah, Whereas the 33 is like... It's like you can tell they're on sets. I mean, they <laughs> it's all... It's beautiful, though. I love it. It's so great. But I mean, to me, it's just like when you see that the dinosaur like in kong fighting you see kong fighting the t-rex or when they're on the boat or like x y or z or when kong's just like pulling around the log like it's cool man it looks great and it's so interesting because it's it's like it almost feels like your eyes are tricking you because you're like it looks super old but it doesn't feel super old yes yes like and i would say for me like i i would pick uh my real answer is I would pick 33 because I still am in awe of what they accomplished and it looks so good. And it's so, I know how I, I know at least a, a sliver of how complicated it was to do. Uh, and even that's like literal magic. Yeah. Uh, but for the purposes of being uh, just an iconoclast, I will say the 1962 Godzilla versus Kong because it's like the same reason why I love the original Star Trek series because they were just making shit up as they went. (laughs) And it's clearly there's like, um, and King Kong has electrical powers now. And (laughs) they're just, there's no playbook. They're just every minute of film feels like they're making shit up more. And it's, wonderful yeah that kind of spirit always comes through on films i, I will like say it, this though jeff if i have to be my nerdy nerd self he's not technically on skull island in oh, king oh, kong yeah. versus godzilla shots it, fired true it's like mm-hmm. an island off of japan it's like Faroe island or Faroe island yeah that's yeah true. i just watched it the other day so yeah because i was mm-hmm. like what they're not gonna use skull island so okay. <laughs> I feel so outclassed this episode. Like I <laughs> know nothing about kaiju stuff. I'm excited. 
I mean, that's the best feeling, though, that you have a whole new world to explore. Yeah, well, I would like to think that, like, at one point he was in on Skull Island, right? And then he, like, <laughs> had this, like, he moved. Like, he packed all his bags okay. and his I'm giant sure. He brought the people with him, too. I mean, why not? Yeah, if, exactly. if, he can, if he can shoot monkey lightning, like, why not? Right. I mean, how I mean, do we know that there's always there's only just one Kong? There could be all kinds of different Kongs. There are all kinds of different Godzillas. I love the original the God. I love because the isn't Kong supposed to be the last? Or yeah, Godzilla? generally, yeah. But yeah. I love the ending of the Japanese uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, where uh, Kong just swims back to the island. That, that's yeah, the nice like... swim. <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's how it probably would be. Like, I know, but just just it's so cute. Yeah, yeah. It's cute. Yeah, it's so He's like, I'm okay, guys. I'm okay. Yeah, he like <laughs> kicks Godzilla into the water and then he just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why were you there the whole time? <laughs> like, well, and I also love that like everyone's celebrating, but we don't know. Like, you don't know that Godzilla didn't just like recover five seconds later and swim off and you just don't know. Yeah, no, it's he's true. an amphibian. He just lives down there all the time anyway. <laughs> but there's a whole new world that is waiting for me because I'm watching a bunch tonight and I am so excited because this is <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> it is. I uh, mean, you have to also, you know, take it with a grain of salt. All right? We're not talking about no Barry Lyndon here, okay? No, no. <laughs> no. no. This ain't no Barry Lyndon. Well, I mean, I, for me, honestly, I can yeah. break apart films as an art form all day long, but I just want to be entertained. Hmm. Yeah, I just want some crackberries. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, crackberries and electrical powers and yeah, just give me monkey lightning, damn it. Yes, I want my low pan like yes. King Kong, King Low Pan Kong, making that same noise that Low Pan does because I love that noise. Just on a side note, I was watching um, Big Trouble in Little China the other day. <laughs> I fucking adore that movie. Yeah. Oh, I love yes. that movie so much. As well, everyone should. Yeah, cinematic antidepressant right there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But Kelly, what is uh, your favorite Skull Island? Uh, the the thirty three. Thirty three. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I um, the Jackson film. I really used to love that film, and I've really come to view it differently as time goes on. And it's yes. it is messy, as you've said. Um. Uh, but the, the the worst Skull Island has to be the you know De Laurentiis one where basically the, the island is dead. I mean, there's there's just a giant snake there that shows up at one point. And other than that, that's about it. But um, no, the thirty three original. It's it's got the most sense of wonder and uh, invention, and yeah, I, I just love it. Do you think that's part of it? That sense of wonder and like we don't mm-hmm. get that so much anymore because we're so desensitized to what technology can do. I really think that is a big part of it. Yeah. Because you look at those sets and you're like, "Holy shit, people built that." That isn't yeah, a computer. Yeah, the, the craft, the and and like the feeling, like so other someone said uh, about being able to reach out and touch it, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. That's great. Heck yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to end it there because I feel like that's just a lovely note, and it's it's uh, about perfect. Just to end on love and reverence is is always yeah. solid. Um, but, uh, I do want to uh, allow the listeners at home to, to, to know where, uh, uh, sorry, my dogs are making a weird sound, <laughs> um, outside the door. 
they're very cute, but they're very rambunctious. Uh, I want the, the listeners at home to to know where they can find y'all. Um, so uh, maybe Kelly, you start. All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ohelkel. Uh, Kel with two L's, and um, I uh, some of my books are on Amazon. Kelly Warner and. Uh, my podcast, One Miss Pod, is hosted at scriptophobic.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, uh, love it. I'd, I'd encourage you all at home to, to check that out. Uh, Tom, where can our listeners find you? Hi, I'm. Uh, you can find me at Twin Shadows Podcast, where we talk about filmmaking, movies in general, and just to have a good time reading scripts that I write. And yeah, uh, I'm also sometimes here. Uh, with jeff on the uh deep dive podcast so you guys can also Absolutely. hit me here sometimes you know Absolutely. i'm around just t- type in twin shadows productions and you'll find me <laughs> thank you so much um and andrew other than uh on some of these fine episodes where can our uh, audience at home find you uh you can find me occasionally on twitch making a fool out of myself and uh at just dark crow remember that e at the end of crow and you'll find me and uh you can also find me on the rotating chair podcast it's a a film podcast we we like to shine a light on independent and uh micro budgeted films you can find us on youtube at youtube.com slash c slash the rotating chair as well as anywhere podcasts are uh are available and sometimes you'll find me on there talking about, um, yeah. I do a lot less research. So it's true. Here, everything I say is factual, factual. I've gone on that show sometimes without having seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. He'll just make up stuff and he sells it and you'll believe it. And you'll be like, yeah, that's right. And then you wick it, you look it up later and you're like, you bastard. <laughs> we couldn't have been Folks more home, wrong. I would never... <laughs> Folks at home, I would never do that to you. <laughs> no. But yeah, you can catch Jeff and uh, we got, tons of stuff so please check us out ow i just hit my <laughs> thank you very much um and uh yeah thank you all for for being on the show and i will um uh, by the way um uh don't don't go just yet i'll hit stop and then we'll make sure that everything sure. uploads right and then you know you all know how zengaster works yeah, yeah. um and uh uh stay tuned everyone at home for uh we have all the month of March, just kaiju after kaiju after kaiju. It is a massive monster month. So stay tuned for future episodes on Godzilla and the 1998 uh, American Godzilla. I've committed myself to doing an episode on that. So that's oh, going to be so a thing. Hey, I just watched that the other day. I like that movie. Uh, we'll get into that. To, uh, better when than we Skull Island. Movie. Oh, wait, whoops. That's <laughs> <laughs> you all on the flip side. Once more, I'd like to extend a special thanks to our guests this episode and to all of you out there listening. From the dawn of recorded human civilization, we've been fascinated by monsters and the monstrous. They've inhabited our dreams and nightmares. They've been our protectors and our villains. They've symbolized our fears and vices, our hopes and potential. Fears of creatures and the night that nourishes them were key inspirations and fuel for the rise of human civilization, the need to get out of the shadows, behind the walls, and into the light. In many ways, understanding our monsters is an important part of understanding our world and ourselves. So thank you for taking this journey with us, we humanoids from the deep dive.